Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How is everyone doing tonight? I hope all is well, and I trust that all is. And I welcome you to another episode of The Sea Report. I am your host, Mr. C, as per the usual. And uh, thank you all for joining us tonight as we live stream on this January 14th, 2022. This uh, Friday evening... And it uh, looks like it's going to be quite the Friday evening indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Hope all is well. Hope all is well. We are coming to you guys live on multiple uh, multiple platforms here tonight. We got uh, the foxhole.app, pill.net, Trovo, Clout Hub, Foxhole. Oh, I said Foxhole, didn't I? Well, they, get, they, can, get, they can get it twice or thrice, right? Foxhole.app and also uh, Twitch, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think that's where we got them going tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so if you're joining us on any of these platforms uh many thanks and a warm welcome and uh, we appreciate you uh coming back uh to uh, check out the show or if you're a first time viewer uh welcome 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 to episode number 226 ladies and gentlemen uh, as we do this uh monday through friday and uh we uh try and uh, get out some of the news and the headlines and some uh, good information uh, based on, uh, you know, solid headlines that have nothing to do with the propaganda machines known as the, uh, you know, the fake news, uh, lamestream, shamestream, mainstream legacy media. Yeah, I got, I got it, uh, I got it, uh, I got it, I got them all there, right? I think I'm pretty sure, yeah. Oh, wait, wait, let's not forget the Mockingbird media. Ladies and gentlemen, let's not forget the Mockingbird media. And you know... Uh, while we're on the topic of the Mockingbird Media, um, I think I think it can be said that uh, something has bound to be done about these uh, rascals, guys. You know, uh, I think as uh, we move along in this timeline, and as uh, the great people of America continue to wake up, and as the uh, great patriots of this country and those who love this country. Um, whether they served or not, you know, uh, they are continuing to toe the line and uh, hold the liars and the lies, the propagandists, to the fire. And, uh, well, we do that, ladies and gentlemen, by sharing this information, by sharing this knowledge, by breaking away from those propaganda-ridden headlines that seem to recycle through the news uh, day in and day out. Uh, with nothing but patterns of the uh, standard operating procedures of those who would like to undermine uh, this country and those who have uh, been seeking to uh, destroy it, take it over, uh, as they have been for decades, possibly even centuries, and most definitely throughout the world, ladies and gentlemen, America is not alone. All of our brothers and sisters have been attacked and or have been conquered by this, uh, how was it termed? I think, I, think, uh, I think this was a really good term 
for that. And uh, that was uh, The Invisible Enemy, ladies and gentlemen. Now, if you had asked me about The Invisible Enemy a long time ago, you know, I, I would not have thought that it was perhaps some type of uh, genuinely manufactured virus that was released upon the world uh, for several benefits to the manufacturers. And of course, uh, that would be everything from uh, uh, putting the world into a vice grip of fear so as to make them malleable towards their own directions and will, uh, to stealing elections, uh, to covering up, covering over or otherwise uh, taking advantage of the hype to hide other headlines, other stories, other truths that exist out there that need to see their day in the sun, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, we've, got, uh, we've got a pretty good show for you guys tonight. I will say at the head of the show, ladies and gentlemen, for sure, um, well, you know... Uh, it is Human Trafficking Prevention and Awareness Month, this month of January. We actually did a show dedicated to the topic on uh, the 11th of this month. I believe that was, what, uh, Tuesday or so. Now, um, uh, the topic of human trafficking, and we most definitely narrowed down into uh, the realm of child trafficking, child sex trafficking. And uh, we touched on uh, stories uh, that have been present and accounted for uh, in documentation, whether that was by uh, three-letter agencies or that was by news media outlets. Um, we touched into that on that, uh, on that night, January uh, 11th of this year. A few nights ago, uh, we received a lot of uh, feedback on that episode, actually. And uh, it seems to be a topic that is top of the mind. And in fact, it's a topic uh, that seems to not get as much attention as it used to, or at least as it did back in the heyday of like, uh, what, 2017, 2018, uh, when the world was literally being set on fire with uh with this uh grievous and uh you know angering information about the involvement of uh you know uh one one's own government in such types of activities and uh you know it's definitely information that should not be forgotten because uh these individuals have not stopped ladies and gentlemen doing what they were doing and uh, who knows Perhaps it was uh, perhaps it was the advent of the uh, COVID-19 planned pandemic, um, you know, uh, foisted upon us by a genuinely manufactured disease that was uh, gainfully functioned to infect human beings uh, by the likes of Dr. Fauci, uh, who it seems as if, though, he might actually be seeing, uh, you know, some sort of day of reckoning, ladies and gentlemen, uh, with everything that's going on. Uh, it's about time that our uh, our elected officials and other uh, people who have the ability to act upon, at least uh, through legislature or judicially speaking, uh, are catching up with the truths that we hear on channels like ours and also, um, you know, on uh, channels and shows, broadcasts, podcasts throughout this country and around the world have been uh, have been talking about 
for years, you know, and the Sea Report's only been around since uh, February of last year. So we're, we're quickly approaching our one-year anniversary, our, our, our first full revolution around the sun for the Sea Report. But um, needless to say, for decades, ladies and gentlemen, we have been aware um, or we've been privy to some information um, given to us by those who have done their research, given to us uh, by those who have heard the information or, or through scouring through the headlines and allowing ourselves uh, to actually to actually uh, pay attention to uh, what the news is reporting. Now, as can be expected, a lot of this information uh, might be reported in the news, but then it, uh, it, it quickly vanishes and it disappears into uh, into the memory holes of history and uh, is quickly forgotten, you know. Uh, so with that said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, well, uh, a lot was on my mind uh, the night that we did the show because we talked a lot about uh, some of the it was graphic information about uh, some of the things that these individuals, these children uh, and their parents and their caretakers experienced uh, when we were uh, going through their stories and, and uh, reminding and remembering uh, exactly what type of involvement and at what capacity uh, the involvement went into from our own government. And so, like I said, we we really barreled into more of the child sex trafficking, of course, you know, during Human um, Trafficking Awareness and Prevention Month, uh, we do want to acknowledge all of the different types of uh, human trafficking out there, you know, whether it's forced labor uh, or sex trafficking or drug muling, you know, uh, these are all terrible, terrible uh, acts of modern day slavery that still exist that uh, a lot of us uh, might turn a blind eye to. A lot of us might think, well, you know, we're in the year 2022. Uh, humans have learned to be decent since, uh, you know, uh, the days of the barbarians and the Mongols or whatever. Since the days of the uh, child sacrificing Romans and Greeks, you know, whatever, whatever the reasoning is. Um, but the fact of the matter is, ladies and gentlemen, whilst we have uh, whilst we have uh, put our faith in the good of humanity, whilst we have um, uh, relented because of, uh, you know, the, the, this day and age. You know, as as far as we've advanced, uh, one would think, well, you know, if, if uh, human society was going to advance this far, uh, most definitely uh, they can't be doing stuff like that anymore. Right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as uh, as the record shows, uh, we've been wrong on that note. You know, we've been wrong on that note and um, the media and, uh, you know, uh, Agencies and organizations, however you want to classify it, have done an excellent job of uh, taking us off of that mark, you know, because that is most definitely uh, something that they don't want us to acknowledge. And they would rather have us believe that it does not exist, ladies and gentlemen. But we know it's far from true. So uh, with that said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, tonight we are going to return to that topic and uh, we are going to barrel in to some more of these stories regarding uh, child sex trafficking and also the involvement of our government. We're going to uh, we're going to actually uh, 
get into some of the specifics of the story. So uh, we'll look at one or two cases. Now, there were a lot, a lot, there were many, many good points that uh, members of the audience brought up about this topic. Uh, you know, uh, well, tonight I'll, I'll say we will be focusing on the story of the Finders, um, which all of you all may remember uh, was uh, a case that involved uh, trafficking, a satanic ritual, and the CIA. Uh, now, I've always, I've always held that the CIA, uh, on top of being totally, totally unnecessary as a part of our government, uh, that it in fact has always been uh, the, um, how would you say, the, the strong arm or the, uh, the arm of action. It has been that tentacle of the uh, globalist, deep state, elitist filth that actually actually uh, gets its feet on the ground, gets its hands on the classified information, gets ahead of other agencies of law enforcement. And, uh, well, you know, I don't want to get too much into more conspiracy theory, ladies and gentlemen, uh, but, but I seem to recall a story about uh, President Trump paying a visit to the CIA uh, long about uh, his first day in office, uh, and a lot of us, uh, a lot of us, kind of suspect what was uh, what was done during that visit or what was said. Uh, but uh, we we don't want to paint, you know, illusions of grandeur and uh, epic heroism that have no merit or no uh, documentation, right? Uh, but indeed, you know, as we uh, we were going through. Uh, how, uh, you know, President Trump and also uh, the resident in chief, Joe Biden, um, match up against each other in regards to the topic of human trafficking. We could see clearly that uh, President Trump had a priority on this topic, whereas uh, the illegitimate joke of the nation, who's actually legitimately a joke, it's just it rolls off the tongue, illegitimate joke. Um, really has no priority on this topic, you know, and, and has only uh, through his uh, his policies, if you want to call them that, uh, only strengthened and enriched uh, enriched these individuals who continue to traffic to this day. And we know it's still going on, of course. Uh, we don't see it in 2022 as evident with as much proof as we did during, uh, you know, the years of, uh, you know, 2019 and prior, you know, we were getting a lot of information uh, from whether it was from Q drops or whether it was from researchers who were digging into some of these uh, individuals involved in the stories uh, that were doing their research on the computer that were digging into profiles that were making connections between people uh, and also between, uh, you know, their interest based on their social media uh, st stories like that, you know, uh, we a lot of information was coming to light in those years, ladies and gentlemen. But now in 2022, uh, you know, the stories seem to gone quiet again. Uh, we're not hearing uh, about uh, so-and-so's involvement with uh, trafficking and uh, here's a photo or, you know, here's a, a piece of, uh, you know, uh, information that you could deduce or, or use some type of reasoning to uh, make a connection. You know, we don't see that as much. I think the uh, closest thing that we might have seen to that uh, might have been the evergreen situation uh, that was going on in the Suez Canal. And even that, ladies and gentlemen, has no real solid information 
that uh, or reports or or leaked reports uh, that can go into um, uh, moving that narrative or modicum of information along, you know. So, um, well, with that said, you know, like uh, we'll be talking about the finders tonight. Uh, but, you know, along with that uh, in the chat room, um, I a lot of great points coming out. Uh, um, the foster homes and uh, their involvement with uh, it procuring children and taking them from families, uh, that type of information uh, still out there. We still have a lot. And I've been uh, I've been, uh, you know, poking around some rabbit holes uh, the past few days. And this topic just really seems to keep on uh it seems to keep on writing in my mind so i feel like this is something that we should talk about and explore more indeed one of our uh one of our um one of our, our audience members, uh, Sean Joe, was like, you could make a hundred episodes on this topic. And it kind of feels like we could, ladies and gentlemen, considering uh, the information out there. Uh, you know, uh, pointers to the Cabisol movie, uh, the McMartin case. Um, I'm not sure if you all are aware with uh, what they say was going on at in Montauk, New York, um, who uh, individuals like Andy Warhol and others were involved in. Uh, we have the Franklin case, actually, uh, that um, we, I would like to highlight that story. And, you know, as long as we are in Human Trafficking uh, Prevention and Awareness Month, you know, we'll probably go ahead and start covering a lot of this information again. Because you know what, guys? I think it's about time that we kind of light that fire again. Uh, we have, after all, these elitist globalist pigs. Uh, we got them on a, a corrupt judiciary. We got them on a corrupt legislative, you know, um, um, well, you know, it's it's about time we get into some of the uh, crimes against humanity and kind of bring that to the forefront again, because we can't let that go. You know, uh, there were a lot of memes going on out there and maybe an article or two floating around out there um, that are talking about uh, how the Democrats are considering having Hillary Clinton run again in 2024. The woman does not go away. But you know what? I think everyone on our side of, uh, of the uh, perspective of the matter are ready for it, ladies and gentlemen, and not if only to see another defeat of this, uh, of this wicked demon who has, uh, uh, who has basically, uh, tried to take over and destroy everything good in this country. Um, but, uh, because we'll be able to spotlight once again, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of the, uh, things that she has been involved in. And, uh, you know, a lot of this, of course, will go back to the connections between people and agencies and organizations, whether they are government organizations, three letters, or whether they are non-governmental organizations, whether they're peacekeeping organizations, uh, whether they are politicians or celebrities, it'll all, uh, it'll all interconnect. You know, right now we got to continue to build uh, those bridges of, uh, uh, of relation uh, between uh, what is known and what will be revealed. So, you know, bring it on, Hillary is what I say, so we can kind of uh, talk a little bit about some of the things uh, that others may have forgotten after COVID, you know, uh, after a rigged election and all of that stuff. So uh, I say, let's do it. Uh, you guys talked about uh, Johnny Goth, Ted Gunderson, uh, John Moretti, uh, Gus Johnson, uh, the connection between uh, Jeffrey Epstein and DynCorp, uh, Kay Griggs, 
um, and also uh, Douglas Dietrich. Now, um, I think long about after we speak about the Franklin case, um, I found some information on Ted Gunderson that I thought was actually very interesting. And again, you know, a lot of the stories that we're sharing on this topic are based on uh, documentation through uh, reports as well as uh, through um, uh, news articles. Uh, so uh, there, it's not as if though we're left there just to, uh, just to speculate, right? Or to make educated assumptions or educated guesses about who did what to who, when, and how. Uh, we actually have, uh, you know, uh, papers written by uh, doctors, uh, you know, by, uh, by uh, field inspectors, uh, individuals who are on the investigation, you know. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll look at those. And, and again, if we ever come across a pathway uh, where we want to use discernment, um, I'll let you guys know. I'll let you guys know. Like in some articles, uh, uh, people trying to make connections between one person and another person saying that they were handlers. But how could you really know that that person was so-and-so's handler, right? Unless you were directly involved in the case or worked for the agency. So that's the kind of thing where I'm like, well, use your discernment because everything else has its own specific documentation. But to, to make a, an assessment that, you know, X or Y was, you know, W or V's, handler, I think is where you really want to use discernment, that kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, we'll definitely, uh, I'll definitely let you guys know about that as we move along. Uh, but yeah, so um, yeah, you know, uh, now might be the time, ladies and gentlemen, uh, considering the topics that we'll be getting into, uh, that uh, you might want to ask for a little bit of strength as we move forward, because this information, as, uh, as heartbreaking as it is, is, is vital to know. Um, that way we can continue to uh, uh, to uh, cast a light on the, uh, the, these goings-ons, uh, uh, bring it back to mind, and uh, move forward with extinguishing uh, this, um, this wretched sin that has inflicted the hearts of men. Uh, and of course, uh, I do mean men and women across this planet. Okay, cool. All right, guys, I hope you're ready to go. I hope everyone is having a great night tonight. Again, as I said, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sea Report. Uh, and uh, for all of you out there on Twitch or on CloudHub or at Pilled and at Foxhole and beyond, thank you again for joining us. Uh, we have a, a few friends hanging out over at the Foxhole. Joyful Lily, uh, good evening, ma'am. And how are you doing tonight? We got Tam Growl. You're going to be growling a lot tonight, Miss Tammy. Uh, with some of the uh, stories that we'll be uh, uh, addressing. Good evening, Aurelius Locke. Good to see you. Hope you're doing well, friend. Empress Beach to you. How are you doing? How are you doing? Great to have you with us. And Peeled by the Rabbit, sir. Working and lurking tonight. Always, uh, always a pleasure to have you with us, ladies and gentlemen. Relanon, good evening. Uh, Joyful Lily says, just informed talk, I think, had a clip of someone who worked for a payment processor that Hunter Biden uh, trying to buy a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and it's funny that you mention Hunter Biden because uh, uh, even even as, uh, you know, for example, in 2016-ish, 15, you know, you had a lot of this information coming out on Hillary as a candidate. That strategy was definitely covered up and censored uh, by the media when utilized against the Bidens, you know. And boy, I tell you, 
for for everything that is known about Hunter Biden and uh, the Biden crime family that was discovered, you know, uh, through the laptop from hell or through uh, documentation or through the words of, uh, you know, uh, you know, pedo Joe himself uh, when he uh, incriminate. I mean, the fool did a he did a full on quid pro quo on camera and bragged about it. You know what I mean? So uh, whether that's hubris or arrogance, I don't know. Uh, or just stu- plain old stupidity, you know. Uh, I guess they get too comfortable in their terrarium over there and that uh, fishbowl that they live in, in that bubble. And uh, they think they're impervious. Or they're just bragging. They're just bragging to uh, to their masters or to their peers about the bang-up job they did, you know. But you gotta wonder, you gotta wonder what else might have been going on over there in... Uh, Ukraine or in Kazakhstan, for example. Um, but again, we cannot we cannot really draw a conclusion that perhaps they were also involved with some kind of a, a sex trafficking, you know, ring. Even though the behavior of Hunter, as documented by himself, could really open that doorway, you know, could really open that doorway. And I got a, a we'll, we're going to play a brief video that actually kind of mentions. Hunter and Biden and Epstein all in one, ladies and gentlemen. Arellanon, thank you for the 117 gold pills. And Persnick is in the house. I will try, but we'll see. It bothers me so much. Well, Miss Persnick, uh, may God give you the strength. But, uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do. This, you know, this is not everyone's, uh, this is not everyone's uh, choice topic or battle to fight. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, uh, but we, uh, we stand, uh, we stand where we can and, uh, you know, do what we can. But, uh, you know what, if, if you can't, uh, uh, pick up the sword for this fight, we got you, Persnick, we got you. So don't you worry about it. It's totally understandable. Um, all right, guys, uh, let's see here. Do we have uh, any? Okay. All right. Uh, we will start with a President Trump statement tonight, even though it's rather off topic. Now, he he's released uh, several statements, uh, many of which are in regard to the um, uh, the uh, decision that was made by the Supreme Court and uh, the uh, Biden mandates on the vaccine. I think he's released two new ones tonight. Uh, we can get into that uh, maybe on our next episode. And then also another um he did another endorsement uh, this evening of another uh, America First candidate, uh, which is always a good thing. I think uh, that's what we really need at this point uh, is to fill our ranks with uh, people who genuinely love this country and want to restore uh, the republic as it was intended to be. Uh, we just got to move along, guys, with that, because uh, like I said, a lot of the sins of these individuals who are currently in power and who are trying to destroy this country or sell it out or by whatever means that they want to do it, you know. Uh, a lot of them, uh, that stuff is coming out, just like with Fauci, you know. Uh, with Fauci, you know, a lot of us knew about this stuff. A lot of this was reported, you know. But uh, you can't, uh, you can't, uh, what do you call it? You can't um, fact check military documents is what I'm seeing in uh, in uh, memes out there uh, all around the interwebs. And yeah, it's true. You can't. I mean, really, are you going to are you really going to question the military intelligence or, or just, you know, their plain old documentation and say that they made that stuff up? Uh, it's a losing battle for Fauci. You know, it's a losing battle for Fauci. So as soon as that man goes under, 
that'll be something, guys. And then uh, I think it would be something also to see uh, where that man fit into the entire AIDS HIV epidemic, you know, because that's another that's another uh, that's another um, a point of connection that a lot of us uh, are not aware of. You know, I, I that's information that's brand new to me as of like, you know, I don't know, a few weeks. But uh, uh, it'd be something to note if uh, if anyone was, uh, you know, actively engaged or watching news reports and stuff like that in the 1970s and 80s, you know, when this uh, this uh, gay cancer was first discovered, if they actually remember seeing Dr. Fauci at hearings and on the TV and on the news talking about HIV, you know, and AIDS. Um, and then here he is, you know, 30 or 40 years later. Uh, at the at the helm of uh, the next big, you know, genuinely manufactured disease, and I've heard uh, I've heard some other things, read some other articles in regards to uh, uh, the connections between Fauci and, of course, uh, you know, HIV/AIDS, and then also uh, what these vaccines are doing to people, uh, and and uh, telling individuals that they now have a uh, a what, was, what is it? Uh, a non-functioning immune system, you know, or telling them that 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 their immune system is compromised um, because of whatever this uh, mRNA gene cocktail shot is doing to people. I don't know if you have an if you have an uh, uh, an immune um, an immunodeficiency disorder of any type, or if your your immune system is compromised. Uh, it seems to me like that that sounds uh, akin to uh, things like HIV. And here we have. Here we have the single factor that connects the two, and that is Dr. Fauci, right? So, uh, yeah, truth is coming, guys, but, uh, you know, we won't, uh, we won't rest on our laurels on that topic for tonight. Let's jump into uh, the statement from President Trump. Oh, what is this? Uh, that's that's the, uh, the C-Report uh, website. Why did I got that up? I think I was going to, like, uh, do a brief overview of, like, some of the uh, headlines we're not going to be talking about tonight. Uh, but I think we're okay. I think I think we've gone uh, gone on long enough for now. Let's just get into the statement from President Trump, and uh, let's see what he's got to say. This is in regards to uh, the rally that we're uh, having tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, for President Trump over in Florence, uh, Arizona. President Trump says, "Look forward to seeing everyone in Arizona tomorrow. Many topics will be discussed, including the rigged presidential election of 2020." the fake big lie, the corrupt lamestream media, the Afghanistan disaster, inflation, the sudden lack of respect for our nation and its leaders, and much more. Big crowds will also be covered on TV. Uh, See you Saturday evening. All right, President Trump, we will definitely see you. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, as always, uh, we will also be doing a watch party of uh, President Trump's rally in Arizona. So uh, we'll be live streaming that. I'll, uh, I'll see if I can't find a handy dandy and uh, stable um, a live stream feed that we can go ahead and share it with uh, anyone that wants to join us. So you're more than welcome to, ladies and gentlemen. We always have a good time uh, whenever President Trump is uh, doing a, a rally. Uh, and that's our chance to, you know, kind of get together, listen to the words of our president and, you know, uh, uh, take away any bits of information that we may glean from it or just, you know, uh, refuel our gas tanks and, uh, you know, get pepped up and pumped up again 
for uh, the great things that are to come, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, I, for one, have not uh, given up that faith that uh, the best is yet to come indeed. The best is yet to come. You know, let's get these people on these crimes against humanity, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So uh, with that said, we're going to start here, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to start with Prince Andrew. Now, this is going to be a topic, guys. Uh, however, these stories may develop. And I just, I just don't know what to say about the fact that I, every time I search for uh, Prince Andrew's photos, because uh, you know I like to, I like to, I like to get the most photogenic images of them. Uh, he's always got them child chompers, just uh, you know, just glaring at you, you know. All right, he's got the teeth of a predator, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, we don't think he's guilty for those reasons, right? Uh, so what's going on with Prince Andrew and his trial? Now, as we've already shared with you guys, uh, the queen has returned to herself all of his titles and mil well, his military titles and his, uh, his uh, royal titles as well. You know, he can no longer be called like, uh, you know, his royal whatever he is. Uh, so, so that's one thing. You know, now there's a lot of other uh, articles that are floating out around there. Uh, that are talking about uh, the fight within the royal family and and who really fought to get him uh, uh, fighting on a private citizen level as his trial is moving forward, guys. So the Jufri and Andrew trial moving forward. Uh, I'm hearing I'm hearing September as being a possible uh, uh, time frame for when that will actually uh, be held. Okay, uh, so. A lot of things, of course, going up around that. What do we got uh, most specifically for you all to share? A couple of things, a couple of things, a couple of interesting items, I think, that are worth our note. Uh, this one comes from Bloomberg. It says that uh, Prince Andrew and his accuser in a sex abuse lawsuit agree to keep some evidence secret. Okay, so we saw this happening in the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, all right, uh, when uh, Judge, Na uh, Judge Nathan Allison, Judge Allison Nathan, uh, the prosecutor team, which also was, uh, you know, made up of uh, people like uh, Jim Comey's daughter, Maureen Comey, uh, and, and the defense team, all agreed that they would not be name dropping during Ghislaine Maxwell's trial, that they would not be bringing up any information regarding anyone else. Uh, who might e either have been a, a perpetrator, uh, complicit, or otherwise involved with Epstein and Ghislaine. They were going to focus only on four victims out of over a hundred uh, of Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein. Okay, uh, So when I read this headline, ladies and gentlemen, I was like, oh, come on, Virginia Roberts, Jufri. You're really going to agree to keep some information secret, some evidence secret in this trial? Like, seriously? Uh, because I, I for one, am, am of the hope and of the mind that with 
a name like Prince Andrew, royalty, right? Because there's nothing above royalty, you know? Uh, if someone like him can go down for it, then by all means, ladies and gentlemen, let's get some celebrities in there. Let's get some politicians in there. Let's get some businessmen in there. Let's, uh, let's, really, let's really open up that doorway, you know? Well, let's see what Bloomberg had to say about this disheartening headline uh, and uh, what bits of information we can gather from it. Uh, it says, The woman accusing Prince Andrew of sexually abusing her as a teenager is seeking the testimony of a woman who claimed to see the British royal with a young girl at a London nightclub two decades ago. Virginia Dufresne on Friday asked for the testimony of Shukri Walker concerning what she saw at the Tramp nightclub in London in 2001. In her lawsuit against Andrew, Jufree said she danced with him at a nightclub after being taken there by Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell when she was 17. Jufree claims she was laterly sexually abused by Andrew. Uh, now, this coming from Jufree's lawyer Sigrid McCauley, in a letter to U.S. District Judge Lewis Kaplan in Manhattan, uh, Sigrid McCauley said, Because Prince Andrew has denied ever meeting plaintiff or being at Tramp nightclub during the relevant time period, Miss Walker's testimony is highly relevant. Now, that's uh, something that Prince Andrew has been claiming forever, right? He never knew Virginia Roberts Jufree, never mind that everyone has seen that photo of them standing together. Now, that's, that photo of them standing together does not implicate that, you know, he raped her later on or that they ever had any type of sexual relationship or anything like that. But it does prove that you met her in the past, Prince Andrew. So why he would make a lie up like that when there's a photo floating around everywhere on the internet for everyone to see, uh, you don't want to make, you don't want to make, you know, lies like that, ladies and gentlemen, particularly when it exists. Good evening, 123SKG. How you doing tonight? Glad to have you with us. Uh, anyhow, returning to this article, it says, uh, Jufree alleged in a lawsuit last year that the prince was one of the powerful men to whom Epstein lent her out for sexual abuse. Andrew has consistently denied the allegation, but Kaplan earlier uh, this week allowed the lawsuit to go ahead. Uh, the judge declined to rule on Andrew's argument that he was shielded by a 2009 settlement agreement between Jufree and Epstein, and we've covered that as well. Apparently, the language of that agreement was far too ambiguous for the judge to agree with the perception that uh, Andrews and his legal team wanted them to have about the agreement. Now it says, returned patronages. The day after Kaplan's ruling, Andrew, ninth in line to the British throne, was stripped of his military affiliations and royal patronages. They were returned to his mother, Queen Elizabeth II. The queen, the brood mother, right? Uh, Jufree also seeks the testimony of Robert Olney, the prince's former assistant, whose name was found in one of Epstein's so-called black books. And you see, that's what I'm talking about here during the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. It was agreed that that black book would not be brought into the trial, and therefore everyone in that black book would not have to come up to question. But I have a, I have a question. And you know, we like to ask the question here at the C-Report. 
And uh, that question would be, ladies and gentlemen, is why isn't, or maybe this is in the works. I don't know how this works as far as the legal things go with, uh, you know, all these trials and cases coming up. But why is it that uh, Ghislaine Maxwell herself is not or has not been called to testify in this case? And you'll see why I say that in just a minute, because she damn well could. Now, uh, back here, it says, um, Mr. Olney thus likely has relevant information about defendants' travel to and from Jeffrey Epstein's various properties during the relevant period. Again, this is from uh, Sigrid McCauley, the lawyer. It goes on to say, and his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell whom plaintiff alleges procured her for sex trafficking and forced her to engage in sex acts with the defendant. Jufri seeks to take the testimony from Olney and Walker by April 29, 2022, according to the request. Andrew and Jufri on Friday also agreed to keep some evidence confidential in the case. That evidence may include medical or other health case record, healthcare records, social security numbers, personal phone numbers, banking information, names of alleged minor victims of abuse, and any other information given confidential status by the court. So obviously, ladies and gentlemen, at the conclusion of this article, we can see it was a little clickbaity, right? Because I'm thinking like, you're going to keep the black book out of there. You're going to keep any other uh, co-conspirators names out of there. Is that what you're planning to do? Uh, but, but that last sentence there, it, it does leave it kind of open. Uh, when it says any other information given confidential status by the court. So we'll have to see how Judge Kaplan, you know, uh, uh, determines what other types of information can be used in this trial. But I think between this trial and the Dershowitz trial with Jufri stands to really uh, possibly open that doorway, you know, possibly open that doorway to the involvement of others that were part of this uh, heinous act and crime. Now, uh, when we're referencing the um, acquaintance between uh, uh, Virginia Roberts Jufree as well as, sorry guys, I'm trying to see around my monitor here, and uh, between uh, Virginia Roberts Jufree and Prince Andrew. Now, this is the photo that everyone sees, okay? But uh, someone's been sliced out of that photo, right? Someone has been sliced out of that photo every time we see the picture of Virginia Roberts Jufree and uh, Prince Andrew. It looks like this. <laughs> That's all we see, ladies and gentlemen. That's all we see. But uh, who else is there in the corner? You guys might notice that uh, smiling face of that British socialite who has just been con uh, char convicted, found guilty of, uh, you know, child sex trafficking amongst other charges, okay? Ghislaine is in that picture, ladies and gentlemen, and so Ghislaine could absolutely, 100%, you know, be a part of this trial. And uh, again, Prince Andrew, I'm telling you, sir, how can you lie when this photo is flying around the internet? That's what I want to know. Uh, it's beyond me, you know, but I guess, you know, that, that privilege uh, that some of these people have, they just, uh, they live in their own world, you know. Uh, but this article, let's see what it says here. This article uh, is from Big World News. It is date, it's a dated article. 
It says, uh, Prince Andrew facing bombshell, new evidence, he did meet Epstein sex slave. So even back in March of 2020, you know, everyone knew it. It was in the papers, but uh, it doesn't seem like he still, he wants to acknowledge that. Uh, Prince Andrew is facing new evidence that he did meet Jeffrey Epstein's sex slave, Virginia Roberts, according to her lawyer. Miss Roberts alleges she was forced to have sex with the royal by his pedophile friend, Jeffrey Epstein, in 2001, age 17, and then twice more after that. The prince strenuously denies he ever had sex with her, saying he has no re recollection of meeting her. He also claims he never saw anything that made him suspect Epstein's criminal history. Who killed him? Oh, of course, they say he killed himself. But Miss Roberts' uh, lawyer, David Boys, claims further evidence will prove the royal did meet her as part of lawsuits by uh, victims of Epstein. Okay, and they already have another one that they're uh, kind of bringing out. So yeah, there's Ghislaine, and there's Ghislaine again. All right, Prince Andrew's pal Ghislaine Maxwell could be hiding beneath sea in a submarine. Oh, that's an interesting uh, statement there. Uh, you guys will remember we actually uh, did an episode on Ghislaine Maxwell and uh, her involvement with her organization, Terra Mar, uh, that also talked about, amongst other things, her love for the ocean, but also having a submarine license um, to a pilot. Uh, so there's that bit of information. Now, why do we have uh, these uh, yahoos here? Meghan Markle to leave Archie in Canada. Okay, so that's about the baby. Uh, there's some other stuff with Meghan Markle coming up in regards to this case, though. Uh, again, this is a dated article. Uh, Mr. Boyce told the Mail on Sunday, there is other evidence that will come out that undercuts his assertions that he did not know Virginia um, had not been with her. I think the mistake that he, Prince Andrew, made was thinking that somehow this evidence would not dribble out. And now, of course, that's exactly what is happening. He still, to this day, is making those assumptions. Uh, assertions, I apologize. He didn't know who she was. Um, I think it just puts him in a terrible position and one that could have been avoided, at least in part, if he had simply uh, been more forthright and forthcoming initially. A judge in New York in some of the cases has set a discovery cutoff for June. So I think a lot of this will come out between now and June. Has anything else come out? Well, I couldn't tell you, but hopefully in the trial it will. All right. I think we can leave off on that article there. It's done, ladies and gentlemen. Just that little bit of uh, documented information. What's this? Ah, let's do uh, one more little tidbit about uh, Ghislaine Maxwell and her friend, her pal, Prince Andrew, okay? Uh, this is from the Daily Star dated uh, February of 2020, okay? Prince Andrew's pal, Ghislaine Maxwell, could be hiding beneath sea in submarine, okay? So again, more documentation about uh, these individuals' association with each other, but then also, you know, uh, other interesting pieces of information, such as uh, this whole submarine thing, right? Uh, Prince Andrew's fugitive friend, Ghislaine Maxwell, alleged madam for pedophile billionaire Jeffrey Epstein could be hiding beneath the sea in a submarine. Uh, so, I, you know, I really wanted to highlight this because, again, uh, not only do we have Ghislaine Maxwell here, but we have uh, more pictures of Ghislaine and Prince Andrew together. Like, there they are, you know, looking, uh, looking fabulous at whatever, uh, you know, gala or soiree they're about to attend. Uh, let's just see here what it says. The socialite and alleged madam of pedophile billionaire Jeffrey Epstein has a license to pilot submersible vehicles. 
Uh, investigators believe Epstein, who was found dead in jail last year, had a submarine dock built under a temple at his little St. James Island in the Caribbean. The theory comes as pressure mounts on Maxwell, 58, to emerge from hiding to talk about uh, to talk to the FBI about claims she procured underage girls for Epstein. And of course, it talks about Virginia Roberts and her accusations and uh, his denial of them. There, there, you go, there you go again, Maxwell and Prince Andrew. No telling what those two fools were up to prior to that photo. Um, and uh, let's see here. I think we're good. It says, uh, a forum on the Epstein scandal shows a diagram of his little St. James temple with water level calculations, which users say prove it is on top of a submarine bay. It is accompanied by the message, Ghislaine had a submarine license, coincidence, or is she hiding underwater right under Jeff's temple? Others say she could be in any ocean given her lifelong passion for sea exploration. Uh, the theory has prompted speculation that she may be underwater with one Twitter user posting, I've heard Ghislaine has a sub-license and uh, there were many levels under Epstein's temple. What a perfect place to hide. Okay. So I think I think we're square there on that article. Again, this is information that we all have known about, uh, but uh, it, it coincides with what I want to show you guys next. Now, of course, we're all very familiar with the fact that uh, Joe Biden's brother owned an island that was um, a neighbor to Epstein's uh, island. And then, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, who's that? That, that uh, Peter Nygaard guy also had an island in the vicinity there in the Caribbean. You know, and uh, I'm sure there are more uh, that you guys might know about that I'm not naming, uh, but a lot of them have islands right over there in the Caribbean. Um, I have another article that I'm not sharing tonight that actually talks about child sacrifice in the Caribbean. Maybe we can uh, get into that at another point in time or maybe in the dark. We'll see, guys. Um, so let's, uh, before we uh, square away on this uh, more recent news, I wanted to share this video clip with you guys. And uh, this video clip actually uh, specifically addresses uh, the case of uh, Epstein's private island and uh, um, uh, Joe Biden's brother owning a private island across the waterway from uh, Jeffrey Epstein. And uh, would not having a submersible vehicle uh, be perfect for, uh, you know, running people, children, undetected uh, beneath the waters? So uh, let's, uh, let's, let's play that for you guys real quick. Okay, it's February 12th, uh, 2020. George Webb here in uh, beautiful St. Thomas Island. And the island that you see directly across from us is Joe Biden's water island. And right above where I'm standing right now was the site of the old submarine base here in the Virgin Islands. I'll just show it to you this way, uh, down this way. Uh, the um, ships here are aligned exactly in the place where the old submarines were located. Uh, and the reason why we keep going back to these places is it seems like, again, with these Biden blackberries, with these Teneo blackberries, <clears throat> encrypted blackberries, that they seem to be this consortium of Jeff Epstein, the Biden's kids, Devin Archer, et cetera, this cadre, uh, Huma Abedin, et cetera, this kind of outsourced State Department at Teneo, seems to be buying up these old uh, military bases and putting, um, developing them commercially, as well as laundering money from topples overseas, like Libya, Syria, 
Sudan, uh, Yemen, etc., and Ukraine. And the way this was organized, uh, British Islands, uh, British Virgin Islands to our uh, northeast, um, here's the U.S. Virgin Islands. This was a key sub base for ship traffic and so forth. Obviously, the submarines being covert. Remember, Ghislaine Maxwell, Jeff Epstein's supposed girlfriend, has a submarine company called Terramar here. Would they be using the old basis for um, rat lines? Who knows? Uh, you know, drugs, weapons, uh, bringing people in and out, exfiltration, who knows? But this is Joe Biden's island here, uh, and this uh, was a defensive island. Um, there was uh, emplacements, casements on the other side uh, to basically protect the base over here on this side. Uh, and then the second one was uh, sort of another barrier island named Bunker Island. And then the third set of islands, just a little bit further more to the east, where we were today, if you were on Patreon, you saw Little St. James, was Great uh, St. James and Little St. James Island, where there was more underwater uh, uh, facilities that were built. So again, makes us think that, hey, uh, maybe the Bidens had this part of the defensive complex, maybe uh, Epstein had that part of the defensive complex. But remember, we're not speculating. These folks are all tied together with the Teneo encrypted Blackberries. There is no doubt they're all connected in the same very small communications network. Okay, so that gives you a layout uh, here. Uh, this would obviously be a good place of staging meetings for covert. Uh, communications. We also showed you in the in the Patreon videos the communications tower that was put in. We showed you the $500 million uh, port over there in Red Hook on the eastern side of the island. And remember, Jeff Epstein is half owner in the Red Hook port with the governor of this island. Remember, there's three islands in the Virgin Islands. There's St. Croix, there's St. John's, where we were earlier today, and also here in St. Thomas. Um, so, we drove by the Senate and the governor's mansion, etc. Jeff Epstein is in half with a $500 million, a half billion dollar investment. Do you think he's going to get a lot of trouble with customs? I don't think so. Basically, if you wanted to run any operation, covert weapons, drugs, uh, you name it, uh, exfiltrating secrets to China, China Nuclear Group, remember, Hunter Biden's on his Teneo phone with Devin Archer and Billy Bulger, again, longtime criminal murderer, um, involved in lots of uh, kiting of bonds for uh, different unions, 10 different unions, uh, in addition to the Sioux Indians. Again, usually that type of Ponzi scheming, kiting of bonds, etc., seems to go hand in hand, hand in glove with the, the uh, financing of covert operations. Again, remember uh, the Operation Underworld after World War II and, and during World War II between the CIA uh, and the precursor of the CIA, the OSS, with organized crime in our major ports. Remember, this isn't only happening here. It's happening in Port Canaveral. Again, a Triton submarine base there. Again, uh, a cruise ship port there as well. Again, you can bring a lot of people in, uh, and you can disguise them as anything you want. A lot of people can go out in the same manner. Um, and then uh, you have to look around the world to the other places where this exact same thing happened with Teneo. Oleg Deripaska bought up a lot of the old Russian Navy ports uh, from the uh, fall of the Soviet Union. And again, the same thing seems to happen with the mining resources and oil and gas resources with Teneo, the use of these phones um, for Kazakhstan, Kaj Kajikistan, Uzbekistan, et cetera, Kyrgyzstan. 
So we're, we're uh, taking you to these places, we're following, we're looking at actually the locations, we're going out on the water and actually showing you where it was, we're showing you the microwave tower, you, you saw a little St. James uh, film earlier today on Patreon, you could see the, the uh, precipice of a large uh, prominent uh, uh, hill on the one end of the island and the tower there. Um, it's just a natural communication space. Again, remember the people that are in the uranium business, the uranium games in New Mexico, the kings, this king, not the king ranch in Texas, but this kings, the kings of New Mexico are in this business. They're financing this stuff here in the U.S. Virgin Islands, not just in uh, New Mexico. Uh, remember uh, all these folks from Urenco uh, and all these people from a company called APCO flying all around with Jeff Epstein, flying to Sandia National Laboratories where our nuclear weapons are made, flying to Los Alamos where our nuclear reactor technology is, uh, flying all around uh, to uh, new reactor sites um, uh, in uh, Eunice, New Mexico. Uh, all sorts of different technologies being tried out in various places. Seems like this is sort of an exfiltration point for that type of technology here, Port Canaveral, maybe a few other ports along the way. So we'll keep following this. We're gonna be going to the Bahamas tomorrow. We're gonna to be talking about yet more islands that were, uh, well, still are involving covert uh, shipments. This is Andros Island. This is where we do that. We're gonna actually go the tongue of the ocean, which is this very deep channel between here, US Virgin Islands and the Bahamas, uh, where once you get into that deep water, you're virtually impossible to track after you launch submarines through that channel. And then, of course, the Chinese, just right just right to the north, have a sub-base, a new a surreptitious sub-base in Andros Island. So, again, these are the places going all the way back to Bay of Pigs that seem to happen over and over where covert missions are trained and then they're exported to places like Libya, Syria. Sudan, Yemen, uh, and of course, Ukraine. Okay, we're going to leave it right there uh, tomorrow uh, to the Bahamas, uh, and we'll uh, keep following up. Again, this seems like Jeff Epstein with one of those headsets up in Columbus with Kalita Air and those other CIA cutout airlines organizing weapons to be sent, and then he gets them down to these Russian ports that seemingly have uh, other people with blackberries, these uh, Teneo blackberries, and that's going to be our friends, our, our good friends, uh, you know, Parnas, okay, and Wyansky, uh, Fruman, again, I published Fruman's uh, IP addresses along with uh, Alan Apter of Teneo, uh, again, not, not speculating, we publish these IP addresses and show the connection. Remember, it does appear that they're diverting this money from the AFPAC Center, the Afghanistan-Pakistan Center at McDill Air Force Base. But when we get back to Florida, we're going to talk to Bergie about that, our private first class Bergie, who actually configured Blackberries for these different covert missions for USAID, uh, for uh, various missions like CENTCOM, various missions and so forth. Remember, this is also where Pete Buttigieg is involved. There's a new article out now uh, by our good friend Harry the Greek, who talks about how Pete Buttigieg was in this AFPAC center as well, only in the financial uh, crimes unit. Again, he's speaking seven languages. We've got him playing soccer. Uh, we've got him with this uh, name through uh, a relative of his married to a Mifsud, also of, of Malta, also a seven language polyglot speaker. 
Uh, we have all these universities that we've tied them to. Again, is Pete Buttigieg carrying a Teneo Blackberry? Uh, was Pete Buttigieg involved in uh, Tunisia, where we have him placed at the language school there, teaching people who are being inserted into Libya, especially for the takedown of Tripoli, uh, to teach them language skills, Arabic uh, in particular? Was he an Urdu expert and a Farsi expert for the Iran nuclear deal? I think you're going to find the answer to be that he was, along with George Papadopoulos. We'll leave it right there. We'll see you all tomorrow in the Bahamas. The C Report is 100% listener supported. If you enjoy the broadcasting that we bring to you with the C Report and other shows on this podcasting platform, we ask that listeners lend their support. Become a monthly donor when you go to anchor.fm slash the C Report slash support or click on the support button over there at the anchor.fm slash the C Report website where you can help sustain future episodes of the C Report and other broadcasting on this podcast station. Every bit helps, ladies and gentlemen. And as always, I thank you for your support. Okay, well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Let me get this uh, URL. I got a, a viewer over at Twitch, uh, good evening, that would like to know the uh, link for that. So I'm going to drop that in the chat box for you there. Thanks for joining us over there at uh, Twitch. Klatavera Denitko. I know I just massacred your name, but uh, well, there you have it. And if this link, if this video disappears after I've given you that, well... At least we have it documented and archived on our show. Okay, guys. So, you know, honestly, uh, honestly, guys, I mean, after, after giving, uh, after showing that type of a video, I, I don't think I can leave you guys hanging on this. I, can, I don't think I can leave you guys hanging on this topic um, because uh, after all, uh, as I mentioned, you know, we're talking about the connections between uh, trafficking and also um uh, you know, the government and uh, government players. This might be the closest connect that we have for uh, something that's modern day that we could really latch onto. And it really makes one wonder and think, you know, like, uh, has there been any investigations done into, you know, uh, what was going on on this island? Now, this art, this uh, video that we just uh, saw seems to suggest that there was a bigger picture going on here. And that wasn't just, uh, you know, the uh, the human trafficking, child sex trafficking aspect of things, uh, but also, you know, uh, involvement uh, by people in our government at a much uh, a much higher level, it seems, above that. So, uh, so we don't leave you guys hanging, and uh, we can really uh, we can really draw together uh, modern, current government um, involvement with these types of activities. Um, let me let me pull this one up for you. And you're most welcome uh, over there in Twitch. Uh, let me pull this article up for you guys real quick. And then we'll jump into uh, we'll jump into um, the finders guys and and which is more evidence of our, our government's connection uh, to um, activities such as human trafficking. And uh, hopefully you guys are doing okay over there at uh, at uh, Pilled and Foxhole. Okay, uh, so this is from a website called Republic Broadcasting Network, 
It says, August 13, 2019, Epstein's Teneo connects all the dots to Uranium One. So like I said, as uh, the uh, gentleman was talking about there on the uh, the video, uh, much more than just human trafficking. Let's see what it has to say. It says, uh, George Webb informs us that there's much more to Jeffrey Epstein than a child sex trafficking ring and a major blackmailing operation. Uh, today, he teaches us about the connection between Jeffrey Epstein at the State Department, the Deep State Department, and Teneo, a private intelligence contractor co-founded in 2011 by Doug Band, Bill Clinton's body man during his presidency, who Webb says was the key guy who was doing pay-to-play deals during that time. Webb says Epstein was involved on the logistics end in their scheme, which took information from the Deep State Department with all of its covert actions happening around the world, and that privatized this information for private gain. He says the main conduit for this uh, was Teneo, where Huma Abedin also worked. The information was transferred to Huma's husband, Anthony Weiner, and to Jeffrey Epstein. Huma Abedin, as everyone knows, was Hillary Clinton's right-hand woman for nearly all of her adult life, including while Hillary was the head of the Deep State Department. Webb claims Huma and Hillary would step outside of their uh, SCIF, their Sensitive Compartmented Information Facility, during coffee breaks and walk down to the parking lot where Anthony Weiner or somebody, maybe Imran Awan, uh, would be there to sync their BlackBerry mobile phones together. That's basically what James Comey confirmed, that the syncing of the Blackberries to each other was how Hillary Clinton's emails got onto Anthony Weiner's laptop, he says. Every time Teneo does something in terms of overseas mining, for instance, they don't want any footprints. If Mark, oh, sorry, guys, let me expand this article. I just realized you're watching me read. Okay. <laughs> uh, it says here, if Mark Rich is going to take advantage of some information, let's say about uranium in the Congo, we don't want to associate that with anybody at the State Department. You want to keep zero proof. You want Jeff flying people back and forth, whether it's weapons, whether it's different diplomats, etc. But you want zero footprints. So Jeff Epstein basically was the way of zeroing out the footprint of Teneo. As I said, whether he meant drugs going in one direction or weapons in another, or whether it was Mujahideen, etc. And the key was the key way they used to cover this co contraband or rat line traffic um, was through the use of diplomatic passports and diplomatic immunity. You can see Doug Band several times in his email talking about, can we get a few more dip passports for our trip to Africa? Teneo created a subsidiary called Tenex, uh, a joint venture with Russia that is the foreign trade company for Rosatam, the Russian state-owned nuclear energy company, and one of the world's leaders in that industry. Tenex became the leading supplier of Russian uranium to the global market, providing uranium enrichment services to over one-third of the world's Western-style nuclear reactors. Webb describes Tenex as basically ex-KGB agents who now have moved into the energy business. 
You're taking information or companies in the United States that might be involved in the Manhattan Project, let's say different companies involved in the uranium nuclear chain, fuel cycle chain, and moving them or taking companies that were involved in the fuel cycle chain in Russia and moving them to third-party locations that you control, whether it be your uh, Iran or UAE, United Arab Emirates, or some other place where you can privatize basically the investment that either Russia or the United States has made in these very, very expensive technologies. Mainly around this uranium or sometimes plutonium, as well as these materials which can create submarines that go underwater all the way around the world. They can power nuclear satellites that never go dark, etc. Key technologies that are uh, differentiators. You can make small portable nuclear power plants for backup power for key infrastructure, as well as military inst installations, etc. That's the focus of Tenex, of this joint venture between the Clinton Foundation and these, uh, what we know of as Russian oligarchs, but really they came from either a combination of organized crime in the Ukraine area, or the combination of ex-KGB, the heads of these organizations. This is the one that Jeff Epstein really focused on. Webb shows us a video from two years ago when he went on location to the Teneo offices and discovered their cutout Transport Logistics TLI. This was the trucking company that was involved in shipping all of this uranium to Tenex, which he reminds us was the creation of these ex-Soviet Union KGB guys and the people at Teneo and the Clinton Foundation. Webb says TLI key to Uranium One story in which uh, Hillary facilitated the sale of 20% of United States uranium production to Rosatom, uh, Rosatom and it's key to the Mueller cover-up. So uh, I thought I would share that bit of information with you guys. Since I shared with that video um, about, uh, you know, the islands of Epstein and the Bidens uh, being so close together, but there you have the Clintons are uh, connected in there as well uh, as uh, the Uranium One scandal and Jeffrey Epstein. So uh, there's a lot going on right in that one video that we just saw, ladies and gentlemen, uh, which goes to show... Uh, Involved in a lot of cover-up, of course, but then also uh, into these uh, crimes against humanity. Um, and that's uh, most definitely something that we do not want to forget about, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as we move along. So, uh, and, and might I add, uh, with this talk about the Blackberries, right? Uh, I'm sure you all might be aware that uh, if you had a Blackberry, it's no longer functioning. Uh, like uh, they've decided to cancel all types of services and functions on BlackBerry phones, uh, which I find quite interesting considering I remember during the Obama years, you know, they were always talking about that BlackBerry. And now we're seeing that people like Jeffrey Epstein was using BlackBerry, Pete Buttigieg, the Clintons, Huma Abedin, uh, Anthony Weiner, all of them were using the BlackBerry smartphones. So it makes you kind of wonder, you know, what is really going on? Uh, is there or is there something else going on with this BlackBerry? phone. Uh, and of course, I, I did a little bit of digging into that as well. Um, and, and from what I was seeing uh, is that uh, apparently Blackberries are hard. It's harder for, uh, you know, the likes of like the NSA to, uh, to uh, garner information off Blackberry phones uh, and stuff like that. So uh, I guess maybe they're just trying to destroy all the evidence. I don't know, but uh, it, it would seem to be, uh, it would seem to be a theme uh, or possibly uh, a reason, in, in my purview, why. 
the blackberries are no longer working like they're they're totally offline now so uh we'll see uh we'll see what we can uh, get out of that ladies and gentlemen but uh let's go ahead and move along what do i got this up here for what are you doing there come on now oh we hop back to the oh yeah i see what's going on now let me just push us forward okay all right ah Ghislaine, why is your face there, Ghislaine? Oh, I had one more thing to share with you guys about Ghislaine Maxwell. And uh, this one's specifically regarding Ghislaine. Um, I think it was Tam Growl. You had a question in the uh, chat room there about who Ghislaine's son or daughter uh, was and or are. Uh, Ghislaine Maxwell has a son and a daughter um, through marriage, uh, through her alleged husband, Scott Borgerson, uh, who we covered about... Uh, during the Terra Mar episode and his involvement with uh, shipping containers and uh, um, uh, satellite and computer trafficking, modernizing the shipping container industry and uh, his tie to that. And then, of course, uh, his business is tied to Evergrande and Evergreen uh, out of Taiwan uh, that uh, got uh, landlocked or crashed, uh, crashed into the shoreline in the Suez Canal. All of them tied together. Isn't that so interesting? Ladies and gentlemen, is that not so interesting? Okay, so uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, we got this article, and guys, this is kind of like one, ooh, yay, this is a really juicy article here. Uh, as we're covering modern-day uh, human traffickers involved in government and uh, the trials that they are going through, check this one out from the Daily Mail. Breaking. Uh, eight, <laughs> let me expand this screen again, sorry guys. It says, uh, eight very anxious men. Ghislaine Maxwell gives up battle to keep identities of high-profile John Doe's name in civil lawsuits sealed after Prince Andrew accuser Virginia Jufri demands they be made public. So will names be named during the Virginia Roberts Jufri case versus Andrew, uh, Prince of uh, York or Duke of York, whatever the heck his name is? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, maybe what I was hoping for could be uh, possible. And uh, thank you for the cookie123skg. I appreciate you uh, and that donation over there at uh, the foxhole. Uh, let's spill into this and then we got to, got to, got to cover the, uh, cover the finders, ladies and gentlemen, or else we're going to be running into Mr. C in the dark. And, uh, you know, I, I need to take a break in between the shows. Uh, that's right. We will be doing a Mr. C in the dark tonight here at the Mr. C channel. Uh, so I uh, look forward to joining you guys and seeing you then as well. All right. The article says Ghislaine Maxwell has given up on her battle to keep vast swaths of information about her sex trafficking operation with Jeffrey Epstein sealed after alleged victim Virginia Roberts Dufresne requested they be made public. Attorneys for Dufresne who has accused Prince Andrew of sexual abuse, asked Judge Loretta Preska Wednesday to unseal material from her 2015 civil suit against Maxwell that includes references to eight anonymous John Doe's. The individuals are identified in court documents only as non-parties 17, 53, 54, 55, 56, 73, 93 and 151 which begs the question if they have John Doe number 151 does that mean that they have people who are involved co-conspirators at least up to 151 names ladies and gentlemen 
That is a good question to ask, right? Okay, let's see what the article says as it moves along. Uh, it is not clear if one of them is the Duke of York. Six have objected to the unsealing. Maxwell, who last month was found guilty for procuring girls for the late pedophile, had also previously opposed making the documents public, but now appears to have a change of heart. In a letter to Judge Presco Wednesday, Maxwell's attorney, lawyer, uh, attorney Laura Menninger, said her client will leave it to the court to determine whether the names should be unsealed. Uh, after careful review of the detailed objections submitted by the eight non-party does, uh, counsel for Ghislaine Maxwell writes to inform the court that she does not wish to further address those objections. The letter states, each of the listed does has counsel who have ably asserted their own respective privacy rights. Miss Maxwell therefore leaves it to the court's to this court to conduct the appropriate review consistent with the order and protocol for unsealing decided motions. So clearly Ghislaine's like, I got convicted. I'm waiting for my sentence. I don't care anymore because, uh, well, she's going to be doing some time. Uh, this isn't, this does not sound like it's any type of a deal to be sure. And now we're seeing the Andrew Ghislaine and Jufree photo with Ghislaine in the photo. So people are going to start publishing this now. Okay, so great. That's good news. Okay. Uh, let's see. It says, uh, according to the filings, John Doe 17 is among those wishing to keep their identity under wraps, arguing that being named in the case would cause him annoyance and embarrassment. Another John Doe, number 151, claimed that he was trying to live a private life and that disclosure meant they would be hounded by the media. The request to make the documents public came on the day that Judge Lewis Kaplan ruled that Jufri's battle battery lawsuit against Prince Andrew, a separate case also filed at the federal court in New York, can move forward. If Judge Preska decides to unseal the documents in Jufri's case, they could shed new light on the Duke's dealings with Maxwell and Epstein. Preska is the judge who presided over a defamation lawsuit that Jufri filed against Maxwell in 2015 for calling her a liar. The case was settled with confidential terms, but the judge has slowly been approving the release of hundreds of documents in the case after applications from media organizations. In her letter to the judge, Jufri's lawyer Sigrid McCauley said that they were following the court's instructions to streamline the process of making the documents public. The numerous parties mentioned in the document documents met in October and agreed to split the objecting non-parties into groups and address the objections of the John Doe first or of the John Doe's first. But upon review, Macaulay said it is apparent that their objections essentially mirror objections to unsealing that this court has already rejected. That unsealing certain documents might be embarrassing would expose non-parties to media attention and could result in some unfortunate association between the non-parties and Jeffrey Epstein or Ghislaine Maxwell. Uh, so there is a copy of uh, that um, a letter to the Honorable Loretta A. Preska. Uh, and uh, let's see here. Uh, this here is a document... Uh, I guess they're talking about the uh, the actions 
uh, that they're going to be doing unsealing and redacting only names. Uh, I guess those are the uh, the specs on uh, how those uh, names and that information is sealed. It says, in the face of extensive prior briefing on objections just like these, the court's unsealing process has been quite consistent. With the exception of a narrow set of circumstances which are generally not present here, documents have been unsealed. Macaulay added that generalized aversion to embarrassment and negativity from being associated with the case was not enough to keep the documents private. That was especially true given the great public interest and the fact that Maxwell's trial for recruiting and trafficking underage girls has now finished. She was found guilty and faces 65 years in jail. Macaulay wrote, Now that Maxwell's criminal trial has come and gone, there is little reason to retain protection over the vast swaths of information about Epstein and Maxwell's sex trafficking operation that were originally filed under seal in this case. The, later, the letter stated that people testified in court about matters which are under seal in the case at issue, the defamation matter. Macaulay wrote that the abundance of public information now widely available about Epstein and Maxwell's scheme through the thousands of pages of publicly available trial transcripts cuts against any continued sealing in this case. Turning to each of the John Doe's, the letter states that John Doe 17 is mentioned in four documents and objects to his name being made public. Jeffrey. Uh, Macaulay wrote that his objection is that if the material is allowed to be made public, it will cause them to say the least annoyance and embarrassment. It would also cause the individuals severe anxiety and distress and extreme personal, physical and reputational harm. Never mind the victims of these these animals, right? Let's be concerned about parties involved. They don't want to face anxiety or distress. Macaulay said the Doe did not cite any legal authority and the documents should be unsealed. Doe's 53 and 54 do not oppose unsealing, so the documents relating to them should be released, the letter stated. Doe's 55 and 56 object to their names being made public because they claim a deposition in which they are mentioned is unreliable, the letter states. Macaulay argued this was not grounds to keep the material private. Uh, John Doe 73 argues against unsealing because of a general aversion to being associated with Maxwell and Epstein and disclosure could cause substantial embarrassment. Well, then why did you associate with them to begin with is what my question is. Moving right along, some more documents here. Uh, those are specifically about the non-parties, the John Doe's. Um, so let's uh, go ahead and skip past that. Uh, Doe's 90, uh, Doe 93 claims that documents which mention them have no relevance to the matters at hand and could be seen as salacious. Doe 141, or maybe 151, says, um, uh, is mentioned the most of all and appears in 47 documents. According to Macaulay's letter, Doe claims they are trying to live a private life and do not want any attention stemming from disclosure. They claim they will be hounded and pursued but he, uh, but the, by the media for comment and elaboration. Macaulay says this is not grounds for keeping the document sealed and notes that the material has already been widely reported in the media and part has been unsealed. The individual's involvement in the case had also been reported already, and they have already been contacted by the media and declined to comment. In her battery lawsuit against Andrew, Jeffrey claims that she was forced to have sex with him three times when she was 17 after Epstein told her to do so. And of course, he denies it. He denies even knowing her, even though there's pictures of it floating around with he and Ghislaine. And uh, the rest of the article just uh, catches everyone up on uh, the Kaplan ruling with Andrew and... Uh, 
everything that we already know already. Uh, Presca ruling for the document of uh, Epstein and uh, Jufri to be unsealed, the agreement. Uh, so, well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Now we're caught up, okay? Now we're caught up. Um, Tam Goral says it's bad enough. Ghislaine wants a do-over trial. Yeah, well, you know, uh, as we mentioned uh, in the last episode, I'm not mistaken, um, the uh, defense team has decided uh, that they're going to wait to see how the judge rules on that uh, one juror um, who might have lied on his initial... Um, his initial uh, interview sheet there. So uh, very interesting, guys. Looks like some of these people involved will come out. Uh, they will be uh, possibly uh, deposed in this trial. So that's that's looking good, if you ask me. That's on the up and up. And welcome back, Pilled. Yes, indeed. Um, uh, the buffering has ended for now, it seems. And I would agree. That's definitely victims' rights being trampled. Uh, to save the face of people who are embarrassed to have been associated with them? Well, come on, you know, that's a, that's a pretty sad excuse, if you ask me. Uh, good evening, uh, Special Patriot 72. Good to see you in the audience. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're just about to jump into the finders. Uh, we, I'm actually going to be running a documentary on these guys uh, in a few minutes. Uh, let's catch up to speed. Um, this, uh, we actually, uh, featured this article in our, uh, last episode about human trafficking and child sex trafficking from the last American vagabond, giving six, uh, citing six different instances of government involvement in child sex trafficking, human trafficking. Uh, so we won't go through all of these here. Like we had this, the, the Lincoln, Nebraska scandal. We are going to talk about that one in a future episode just to, uh, to get some of that good memory recall, uh, flexing quickly. The Presidio military base abuse. Now, I really wanted to get into this one. We touched on it, guys. A lot of you are familiar with it. I found an article that is, it is long and it is it is graphic, um, but uh, we're not going to talk about that one tonight. Uh, the McMartin preschool abuse. And uh, these all have military involvement as well, ladies and gentlemen, which is that is even more harrowing than uh, than the um, the involvement of our three-letter agencies, right? Let alone our elected officials and uh, other politicians in our government. But uh, the military being involved is that is something else, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so this one gives us a brief overview on the Finders case. Uh, in the, it says here in 1987, the New York Times ran a story about a little-known cult called the Finders. The first paragraph reads, police officials here said today that six disheveled, disheveled children found in Tallahassee, Florida might be the offspring of members of a little-known cult, but the officials said that they had not ruled out the possibility of kidnapping. The finders had previously been described in the media as, in appearance, the finders, mostly middle-aged men, always in dark suits, would not be out of place managing a local funeral home, but the behavior of the handful of adherents has people wondering whether they arrived by flying saucer. Uh, townspeople say the finders constantly walk the streets following people home and taking extensive notes and pictures. They often appear at local council meetings, never saying a word, but simply observing the scene. At other times, they plunder the visitor's centers of brochures, maps, and local travel guides, and they hunt the courthouse, scouring land deeds to find out who owns the local real estate. Who are these suspicious people? 
And what were they doing with six undocumented children transporting them across the country? The children were found to show signs of sexual abuse. Customs agents raided one of the finder's compounds and found detailed instructions on obtaining children for unknown purposes and several photographs of nude children. The U.S. News and World Report article continues, The more the police learned about the finders, the more bizarre they seemed. They were suggestions, there were suggestions of child abuse, Satanism, dealing in pornography, and ritualistic animal slaughter. None of the allegations uh, was ever proved. However, the child abuse charges against the two men in Tallahassee were dropped. The stories about the finders quickly died down, but would not disappear entirely as rumors linking the finders to the CIA persisted. According to the U.S. News and World Report, Customs Service documented reveal, documents reveal that in 1987, when customs agents sought to examine the evidence gathered by Washington, D.C., police, they were told that the finders' investigation had become a CIA internal matter. The police report on the case had been classified secret. Uh, Florida Congressman Tom Lewis was quoted as saying, Could our own government have something to do with this finders organization and turn their backs on these children? That's what all the evidence points to, says Lewis. And there's a lot of evidence. I can tell you this. We've got a lot of people scrambling and that wouldn't be happening if there was nothing here. A connection was produced and confirmed by the CIA, a firm that provided computer training to CIA officers, also employed several members of the finders. Anyone researching the CIA will come to the conclusion that the organization does not contract training out to other sources. It only ever creates proprietary organizations. Okay, so that's kind of like a little brief into the finders. I know it's uh, there's a lot more information there, guys. But uh, check this out as I was uh, doing my little scouring of the interwebs. Apparently, more information has been released by the FBI about the finders and its current uh, this is from uh, the Epoch Times of all places, uh, and it's dated October 2019. So the FBI was releasing more information on this group. So even in this day and age, what, uh, let, uh, two years ago, or a uh, little over two years ago, we still have information being coming out and documents being released. Uh, so let's check this out, guys. It says uh, FBI releases information on the finders, a secretive group accused of child sex abuse. Uh, and it goes something like this. Uh, the FBI released documents on Friday detailing a probe into the finders, a secretive group that was allegedly connected to the U.S. government. Election allegations concerning child abuse committed by the group were brought to the attention of FBI agents after tips were relayed to the Department of Justice from people including U.S. Congressman Charlie Rose, according to a declassified document dated October 27, 1993. FBI agents searched for information about the group and found a reference to it in an FBI file concerning an arrest of two men in Tallahassee, Florida, in 1987, uh, police officers there found the, the men with six children who were playing in a park while unkempt and neglected. 
Uh, the two subjects with the children could not initially provide sufficient information as to their legal custody of the children and were uncooperative regarding their identity and the children's identity, the file stated. Information developed during the arrests, including the children disclosing that they were from the Washington area, prompted Tallahassee, uh, Tallahassee officers to contact its local customs office which relayed the information to the Metropolitan Police Department in Washington and provided details about a person whose name was redacted and their association with the group known as the Finders, based in the nation's capital. The Metropolitan Police Department had already received information from a confidential source that a group known as the Finders were conducting brainwashing techniques at Redacted. The source reported children were used in rituals by the groups, but reported source never observed any actual child abuse, the declassified files stated. On February 5th and February 6th, 1987, police officers in Washington executed search warrants on two properties owned by the group, one residence and one warehouse. During the search of the finder's properties, a Department of Justice review of case documents showed a United States Customs Service officer claiming to have observed a substantial amount of computer equipment and documents purportedly containing instructions for obtaining children for unspecified purposes, the FBI stated. The instructions allegedly included the impregnation of female members of the community purchasing children, trading children, and kidnapping them. The agent tried to gain access to the evidence for use in investigating violations of child pornography statutes as well as the Neutrality Act and the Mann Act. After several paragraphs of redacted material, the FBI disclosed that someone has alleged that the finders are involved in a well-organized child abuse scheme and that redacted in conjunction with the Deep State Department and the FBI's Foreign Counterintelligence Section conspired to cover up those abuses. A March 9, 1987 memo to the FBI's Washington Field Office, though, stated that all evidence obtained at the two finders' properties produced no evidence of child sexual exploitation, kidnapping, or any related crimes. But a report from the Washington Field Office indicated that the warrant uncovered large amounts of documents dealing with child rearing and shaping, along with manuals for master plans and dirty tricks for enemies of the finders groups. Sounds like honeypot schemes being dreamed up in their warehouses. And a chronology of the finders probe stated that a third search ex executed on a rural Virginian farm by Virginia State Police uncovered evidence of satanic cult ritual. A Metropolitan Police Department document stated that Virginia State Police went to the farm in Madison County, Virginia, and found cages that witnesses revealed were used to keep children during their visits to the farm. The group who was living on the farm attempted to take over the city government in Culpeper, Virginia, the file stated. Later, someone contacted the Washington police and advised that all reports regarding finders are to be classified at the secret level. Redacted also advised that no information was to be turned over to the FBI Washington field office for investigation and that the Washington field office would not be advised of the redacted involvement or contact children discovered in tallahassee were eventually turned over to individuals claiming to be the parents or guardians 
No further Metropolitan Police Department, FBI, or Customs involvement, the chronology stated. As far as as far as no as far as is known, no details of redacted involvement ever became public. The FBI said it spoke with the chief of the Tallahassee Police Department on November 16, 1993, and he said all the evidence discovered in the probe of the finders was either returned to its owners or destroyed. No outside agency tried to influence his department's investigation, he said. And uh, here is um, some documentation with some redaction. And that has to do with uh, claims to have observed a substantial amount of computer equipment and documents reportedly containing instructions for uh, obtaining children for unspecified purposes. Someone is redacted. USCS, it says. Uh, responding to people in emergencies, a joint investigation by the Metropolitan Police Department and the FBI's Washington field office led to the identification of the mothers of the six children found in Florida, as well as two of the fathers and several other key members of the finders. All of the people interviewed claimed their group consisted of an alternate communal type lifestyle made up of intellectuals who have chosen to live the way they do, the FBI wrote. The mothers were all aware that the children had been taken to Florida on a trip and said they trusted the two men who had been arrested. One of the group members told investigators that the group was formed in 1972 with the idea of responding to people in emergencies, according to one of the files. The group gathered information for people or companies and was initially based out of 1307 4th Street Northwest in Washington. Uh, in Washington. Uh, the person described the redacted as mysterious and related that no one usually knew where he was. According to a February 7th, 1987 interview, everyone interviewed from the group, including the mothers and fathers, stated emphatically that no one in their group engaged in sex with children, that no ritualized abuse occurred, that the finders are not a satanic cult, and that the children are in fact the offspring of the mothers interviewed. Eleven days later, an assistant U.S. attorney whose name was redacted at the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Columbia declined prosecution, citing no evidence of federal violation. The group members disclosed other details, but those were mostly redacted. At one point, he said members of the finders were in a custody battle over the group's property assets. And that says a picture of a preschool operated by the finders. A probe found it was accessed through a tunnel system and had an internal fire alarm system that was, was not connected to the fire station with switches in every classroom. There was also a classroom with no doorknob, only a deadbolt. Okay. Highly suspect, if you ask me. Uh, former members speak. According to a chronology of the investigation, 21 former finders were interviewed about the group and said the organization began as an alternative lifestyle in the 1960s, and many of them became disenchanted with the quasi-military order under the direct supervision of Redacted. Many of the former members stated that they feared retribution from the finders' organization. In one case, a former female need a former female member needed the police intervention to stop harassment from the finders, and in another case, something was burned down and remains a an open arson. Family members who spoke to detectives stated that redacted had brainwashed their children and prevented any contact with their children or grandchildren. 
Finders members would coerce relatives to stop contacting their loved ones by sending blackmail describing explicit sexual acts involving current members, including photographs. At one point, Finders attempted to take over a family residence and force a woman out of her own home. And I'm guessing this is the police report on that. A portion of the file about, about the interviews with the children found in Tallahassee. So that's more documentation that's been released. A woman calls about cult children talk. A detective with the Metropolitan Police Department said a woman called the department's intelligence division several months um, prior to the search warrants in December 1986 and said she had information concerning a cult operating in Washington and Maryland. She said in an interview that a group of individuals were trying to introduce her into a cult and explain the nature and circumstances of this cult, the detective wrote. She was told that the group was unusual, but were committing no criminal offenses, and police would not be interested unless they were. The woman contacted a detective again the next month and stated that some of the members were interested in exploring Satanism. The detective told her that Satanists are not criminal, but he was interested in ascertaining what activity this group was involved in. After the children were found in Florida the following month, they were interviewed by detectives. The children told Tallahassee police officers that they were en route to a smart school in Mexico and could not give any positive information concerning their parents, according to a file. The children were all extremely hungry, hungry and urinated and defecated on the floor during the interviews. The children also talked about other children in Washington, D.C., and stated that they were under the control of the game caller. Redacted, the file stated. According to the original file, the children were being weaned from their mothers and did not go to school. When asked what the men taught them, they said games and how to read. The games included talking, taking a shirt with holes in it, running away, and tearing it up. They said they did things for rewards. Two children also described, at, uh, described a time around Christmas when women had come downstairs naked and said they thought it was funny and part of a game. Uh, the full declassified records can be accessed here. Okay, and that takes you to a vault.fbi, apparently, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, well, that's a quick, uh, a quick overview. I, th I thought it was pretty interesting that we had um, uh, a recent uh, disclosure by the FBI in regards to this case. But uh, what I want to share with you guys now and this will wrap us up for the night, is this documentary that uh, they have on the Finders. Um, it's entitled, Who Will Find What the Finders Hide? Uh, as we uh, explore this connection between our government agencies and human and child sex trafficking and uh, just give it the acknowledgement that is deserved it um, as we move along into these stories, ladies and gentlemen, hard to hear, and indeed, Special Patriot 72 says demonic, um, how people get uh, to this point is beyond me, to be quite honest. Uh, but let's see here if I can't get this thing working. Give me a widescreen, ladies and gentlemen. All right, guys. Thanks again for joining us tonight here at uh, the Sea Report. As we spill into these uh, topics. Okay. And uh, thank you again for being part of the audience. Documentary. We talked. Haha, -ha, we got it. All right. Okay, guys. Um, let's get this rolling. I'm sure you all uh, have been awaiting and awaiting.
Okay, well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Let me get to this uh, URL. I got uh, a viewer over at Twitch, uh, good evening, that would like to know the uh, link for that. So I'm going to drop that in the chat box for you there. Thanks for joining us over there at uh, Twitch. Uh, Klatavera Denitko. I, I just massacred your name, but uh, well, there you have it. And if this link, if this video disappears after I've given you that, well, at least we have it documented and archived on our show. Okay, guys. So, you know, honestly, sorry, I'm uh, way off the screen here. Got to reconfigure the way I have things set up over here. Uh, honestly, guys, I mean, after after giving, uh, after showing that type of a video, and I don't think I can leave you guys hanging on this. I, can, I don't think I can leave you guys hanging on this topic um, because uh, after all, uh, as I mentioned, you know, we're talking about the connections between uh, trafficking and also, um, uh, you know, the government and uh, government players. This might be the closest connect that we have for uh, something that's modern day that we could really latch onto, and it really makes one wonder and think, you know, like, uh, has there been any investigations done into, you know, uh, what was going on on this island? Now, this art, this uh, video that we just uh, saw seems to suggest that there was a bigger picture going on here, and that wasn't just, uh, you know, the uh, the human trafficking, child sex trafficking aspect of things, uh, but also, you know, f- uh, involvement. Uh, by people in our government at a much uh, a much higher level it seems above that so uh so we don't leave you guys hanging and uh we can really uh we can really draw together uh modern current government um involvement with these types of activities um let me let me pull this one up for you and you're most welcome uh over there in twitch uh let me pull this article up for you guys real quick and then we'll jump into uh we'll jump into um the finders guys and, and which is more evidence of our, our government's connection uh, to um, activities such as human trafficking. And uh, hopefully you guys are doing okay over there at, uh, at uh, Pilled and Foxhole. Okay. Uh, so this is from a website called Republic Broadcasting Network. It says August 13, 2019 Epstein's Teneo connects all the dots to uranium one. So like I said, as uh, the gentleman was talking about there on the, uh, the video, uh, much more than just human trafficking. Let's see what it has to say. It says uh, George Webb informs us that there is much more to Jeffrey Epstein than a child sex trafficking ring and a major blackmailing operation. Uh, Today, he teaches us about the connection between Jeffrey Epstein, the State Department, the Deep State Department, and Teneo, a private intelligence contractor co-founded in 2011 by Doug Band, Bill Clinton's body man during his presidency, who Webb says was the key guy who was doing pay-to-play deals during that time. Webb says Epstein was involved on the logistics end in their scheme, which took information from the deep state department with all of its covert actions happening around the world. And that privatizes information for private gain. He says the main conduit for this uh, was Teneo where Huma Abedin also worked. The information was transferred to Huma's husband, Anthony Weiner and to Jeffrey Epstein. Huma Abedin, as everyone knows, was Hillary Clinton's right-hand woman for nearly all of her adult life, including while Hillary was the head of the Deep State Department. 
Webb claims Huma and Hillary would step outside of their uh, SCIF, their sensitive compartmented information facility, during coffee breaks and walk down to the parking lot where Anthony Weiner or somebody, maybe Imran Awan, uh, would be there to sync their BlackBerry mobile phones together. That's basically what James Comey confirmed, that the syncing of the Blackberries to each other was how Hillary Clinton's emails got onto Anthony Weiner's laptop, he says. Every time Taneo does something in terms of overseas mining, for instance, they don't want any footprints. If Mark... Oh, sorry, guys. Let me expand this article. I just realized you're watching me read. Okay. <laughs> Uh, it says here, uh, if Mark Rich is going to take advantage of some information, let's say about uranium in the Congo, we don't want to associate that with anybody at the State Department. You want to keep zero proof. You want Jeff flying people back and forth, whether it's weapons, whether it's different diplomats, etc. But you want zero footprints. So Jeff Epstein basically was the way of zeroing out the footprint of Taneo. As I said, whether he meant drugs going in one direction or weapons in another, or whether it was Mujahideen, etc. And the key was the key way they used to cover this co contraband or rat line traffic um, was through the use of diplomatic passports and diplomatic immunity. You can see Doug Band several times in his email talking about can we get a few more dip passports for our trip to Africa. Taneo created a subsidiary called 10X, uh, a joint venture with Russia that is the foreign trade company for Rosatam, the Russian state-owned nuclear energy company, and one of the world's leaders in that industry. 10X became the leading supplier of Russian uranium to the global market, providing uranium enrichment services to over one-third of the world's Western-style nuclear reactors. Webb describes Tenex as basically ex-KGB agents who now have moved into the energy business. You're taking information or companies in the United States that might be involved in the Manhattan Project, let's say different companies involved in the uranium nuclear chain, fuel cycle chain, and moving them or taking companies that were involved in the fuel cycle chain in Russia and moving them to third-party locations that you control, whether it be your uh, Iran or UAE, uh, United Arab Emirates, or some other place where you can privatize basically the investment that either Russia or the United States has made in these very, very expensive technologies, mainly around this uranium or sometimes plutonium, as well as these materials which can create submarines that go underwater all the way around the world. They can power nuclear satellites that never go dark, etc. Key technologies that are uh, differentiators. You can make small portable nuclear power plants for backup power for key infrastructure, as well as military inst installations, etc. That's the focus of Tenex, of this joint venture between the Clinton Foundation and these, uh, what we know of as Russian oligarchs, but really they came from either a combination of organized crime in the Ukraine area, or the combination of ex-KGB, the heads of these organizations. This is the one that Jeff Epstein really focused on. Webb shows us a video from two years ago when he went on location to the Taneo offices and discovered their cutout transport logistics TLI. 
This was the trucking company that was involved in shipping all of this uranium to Tenex, which he reminds us was the creation of these ex-Soviet Union KGB guys and the people at Teneo and the Clinton Foundation. Webb says TLI key to Uranium One story in which uh, Hillary facilitated the sale of 20% of United States uranium production to Rosatom, uh, uh, Rosatom and it's key to the Mueller cover-up. So uh, I thought I would share that bit of information with you guys. Since I shared with that video um, about, uh, you know, the islands of Epstein and the Bidens uh, being so close together, but there you have the Clintons are uh, connected in there as well uh, as uh, the Uranium One scandal and Jeffrey Epstein. So uh, there's a lot going on right in that one video that we just saw, ladies and gentlemen, uh, which goes to show... Uh, Involved in a lot of cover-up, of course, but then also uh, into these uh, crimes against humanity. Um, and that's uh, most definitely something that we do not want to forget about, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as we move along. So, uh, and, and might I add, uh, with this talk about the Blackberries, right? Uh, I'm sure you all might be aware that uh, if you had a Blackberry, it's no longer functioning. Uh, like uh, they've decided to cancel all types of services and functions on BlackBerry phones, uh, which I find quite interesting considering I remember during the Obama years, you know, they were always talking about that BlackBerry. And now we're seeing that people like Jeffrey Epstein was using BlackBerry, Pete Buttigieg, the Clintons, Huma Abedin, uh, Anthony Weiner, all of them were using the BlackBerry smartphone. So it makes you kind of wonder you know, what is really going on? Uh, is there, or is there something else going on with this BlackBerry phone? Uh, and of course I, I did a little bit of digging into that as well. Um, and, and from what I was seeing uh, is that uh, apparently Blackberries are hard. It's harder for, uh, you know, the likes of like the NSA to, uh, to uh, garner information off BlackBerry phones uh, and stuff like that. So, uh, I guess maybe they're just trying to destroy all the evidence. I don't know, but uh, it, it would seem to be uh, it would seem to be a theme uh, or possibly uh, a reason in in my purview why uh, the blackberries are no longer working. Like they're they're totally offline now. So uh, we'll see uh, we'll see what we can uh, get out of that, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, let's go ahead and move along. What do I got this up here for? What are you doing there? Oh, now. Oh, we hop back to the. Oh, yeah, I see what's going on now. Let me just push us forward. Okay. All right. Ah, oh, Ghislaine, why is your face there, Ghislaine? Oh, I had one more thing to share with you guys about Ghislaine Maxwell. And uh, this one's specifically regarding Ghislaine. Um, I think it was Tam Grell. You had a question in the uh, chat room there about who Ghislaine's son or daughter uh, was and or are. Uh, Ghislaine Maxwell has a son and a daughter. Um, through marriage, uh, through her alleged husband, Scott Borgerson, uh, who we covered about uh, during the Terra Mar episode and his involvement with uh, shipping containers and uh, um, uh, satellite and computer trafficking, modernizing the shipping container industry and uh, his tie to that. And then, of course, uh, his business is tied to Evergrande and Evergreen uh, out of Taiwan uh, that uh, got uh, landlocked or Crashed, uh, crashed into the shoreline in the Suez Canal. All of them tied together. Isn't that so interesting? Ladies and gentlemen, is that not so interesting? 
Okay, so uh, Billion Maxwell, we got this article, and guys, this is kind of like one. Ooh, yay! This is a really juicy article here. Uh, as we're covering modern day uh, human traffickers involved in government and uh, the trials that they are going through, check this one out from the Daily Mail. Breaking. Uh, eight. Let me expand the screen again. Sorry, guys. It says uh, eight very anxious men. Ghislaine Maxwell gives up battle to keep identities of high-profile John Doe's name in civil lawsuits sealed after Prince Andrew accuser Virginia Jufree demands they be made public. So will names be named during the Virginia Roberts Jufree case versus Andrew, uh, Prince of uh, York or Duke of York, whatever the heck his name is? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, maybe what I was hoping for could be uh, possible. And uh, thank you for the cookie123SKG. I appreciate you uh, and that donation over there at uh, the foxhole. Uh, let's spill into this. And then we got to, got to, got to cover the uh, cover the finders, ladies and gentlemen, or else we're going to be running into Mr. C in the dark. And, uh, you know, I, I need to take a break in between the shows. Uh, that's right. We will be doing a Mr. C in the dark tonight here at the Mr. C channel. Uh, so I uh, look forward to joining you guys and seeing you then as well. All right. The article says Ghislaine Maxwell has given up on her battle to keep vast swaths of information about her sex trafficking operation with Jeffrey Epstein sealed after alleged victim Virginia Roberts Dufresne requested they be made public. Attorneys for Dufresne, who has accused Prince Andrew of sexual abuse, asked Judge Loretta Preska Wednesday to unseal material from her 2015 civil suit against Maxwell that includes references to eight anonymous John Doe's. The individuals are identified in court documents only as non-parties 17, 53, 54, 55, 56, 73, 93, and 151, which begs the question if they have John Doe number 151, does that mean that they have people who are involved, co-conspirators, at least up to 151 names, ladies and gentlemen? That is a good question to ask, right? Okay, let's see what the article says as it moves along. Uh, it is not clear if one of them is the Duke of York. Six have objected to the unsealing. Maxwell, who last month was found guilty for procuring girls for the late pedophile, had also previously opposed making the documents public, but now appears to have a change of heart. In a letter to Judge Presco Wednesday, Maxwell's attorney, lawyer, uh, attorney Laura Menninger, said her client will leave it to the court to determine whether the names should be unsealed. Uh, after careful review of the detailed objections submitted by the eight non-party does, uh, counsel for Ghislaine Maxwell writes to inform the court that she does not wish to further address those objections. The letter states, each of the listed does has counsel who have ably asserted their own respective privacy rights. Miss Maxwell therefore leaves it to the court's to this court to conduct the appropriate review consistent with the order and protocol for unsealing decided motions. So clearly Ghislaine's like, I got convicted. 
I'm waiting for my sentence. I don't care anymore because, uh, well, she's going to be doing some time. Uh, this isn't. This does not sound like it's any type of a deal, to be sure. And now we're seeing the Andrew Ghislaine and Jufri photo with Ghislaine in the photo. The people are going to start publishing this now. Okay, so great. That's good news. Okay. Uh, let's see. It says, uh, according to the filings, John Doe 17 is among those wishing to keep their identity under wraps, arguing that being named in the case would cause him annoyance and embarrassment. Another John Doe, number 151, claimed that he was trying to live a private life and that disclosure meant they would be hounded by the media. The request to make the documents public came on the day that Judge Lewis Kaplan ruled that Jufri's battle battery lawsuit against Prince Andrew, a separate case also filed at the federal court in New York, can move forward. If Judge Preska decides to unseal the documents in Jufri's case, they could shed new light on the Duke's dealings with Maxwell and Epstein. Preska is the judge who presided over a defamation lawsuit that Jufri filed against Maxwell in 2015 for calling her a liar. The case was settled with confidential terms, but the judge has slowly been approving the release of hundreds of documents in the case after applications from media organizations. In her letter to the judge, Jufri's lawyer Sigrid McCauley said that they were following the court's instructions to streamline the process of making the documents public. The numerous parties mentioned in the document documents met in October and agreed to split the objecting non-parties into groups and address the objections of the John Doe first, or of the John Doe's first. But upon review, Macaulay said it is apparent that their objections essentially mirror objections to unsealing that this court has already rejected. That unsealing certain documents might be embarrassing would expose non-parties to media attention and could result in some unfortunate association between the non-parties and Jeffrey Epstein or Ghislaine Maxwell. Uh, so there is a copy of uh, that um, a letter to the Honorable Loretta A. Preska. Uh, and uh, let's see here. Uh, this here is a document... Uh, I guess they're talking about the uh, the actions uh, that they're going to be doing, unsealing and redacting only names. Uh, I guess those are the uh, the specs on uh, how those uh, names and that information is sealed. It says, in the face of extensive prior briefing on objections just like these, the court's unsealing process has been quite consistent. With the exception of a narrow set of circumstances, which are generally not present here, documents have been unsealed. Macaulay added that generalized aversion to embarrassment and negativity from being associated with the case was not enough to keep the documents private. That was especially true given the great public interest and the fact that Maxwell's trial for recruiting and trafficking underage girls has now finished. She was found guilty and faces 65 years in jail. Macaulay wrote, now that Maxwell's criminal trial has come and gone, there is little reason to retain protection over the vast swaths of information about Epstein and Maxwell's sex trafficking operation that were originally filed under seal in this case. The, later, the letter stated that people testified in court about matters which are under seal in the case at issue, the defamation matter. Macaulay wrote that the abundance of public information now widely available about Epstein and Maxwell's scheme through the thousands of pages of publicly available trial transcripts cuts against any continued sealing in this case. Turning to each of the John Doe's, the letter states that John Doe 17 is mentioned in four documents 
and objects to his name being made public. Jeffrey. Uh, Macaulay wrote that his objection is that if the material is allowed to be made public, it will cause them to say the least annoyance and embarrassment. It would also cause the individuals severe anxiety and distress and extreme personal, physical and reputational harm. Never mind the victims of these these animals, right? Let's be concerned about parties involved. They don't want to face anxiety or distress. Macaulay said the Doe did not cite any legal authority and the documents should be unsealed. Doe's 53 and 54 do not oppose unsealing, so the documents relating to them should be released, the letter stated. Doe's 55 and 56 object to their names being made public because they claim a deposition in which they are mentioned is unreliable, the letter states. Macaulay argued this was not grounds to keep the material private. Uh, John Doe 73 argues against unsealing because of a general aversion to being associated with Maxwell and Epstein and disclosure could cause substantial embarrassment. Well, then why did you associate with them to begin with is what my question is. Moving right along, some more documents here. Uh, those are specifically about the non-parties, the John Doe's. Um, so let's uh, go ahead and skip past that. Uh, Doe's 90, Doe 93 claims that documents which mention them have no relevance to the matters at hand and could be seen as salacious. Doe 141, or maybe 151, says um, uh, is mentioned the most of all and appears in 47 documents. According to Macaulay's letter, Doe claims they are trying to live a private life and do not want any attention stemming from disclosure. They claim they will be hounded and pursued but he, uh, but the, by the media for comment and elaboration. Macaulay says this is not grounds for keeping the document sealed and notes that the material has already been widely reported in the media and part has been unsealed. The individual's involvement in the case had also been reported already and they have already been contacted by the media and declined to comment. In her battery lawsuit against Andrew, Jeffrey claims that she was forced to have sex with him three times when she was 17 after Epstein told her to do so. And of course, he denies it. He denies even knowing her, even though there's pictures of it floating around with he and Ghislaine. And uh, the rest of the article just uh, catches everyone up on uh, the Kaplan ruling with Andrew and uh, everything that we already know already. Uh, Preska ruling for the document of uh, Epstein and uh, Jeffrey to be unsealed, the agreement. Uh, so, well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Now we're caught up, okay? Now we're caught up. Um, Tam Gural says it's bad enough. Ghislaine wants a do-over trial. Yeah, well, you know, uh, as we mentioned uh, in the last episode, I'm not mistaken, um, the uh, defense team has decided uh, that they're going to wait to see how the judge rules on that uh, one juror um, who might have lied on his initial... Um, his initial uh, interview sheet there. So uh, very interesting, guys. Looks like some of these people involved will come out. Uh, they will be uh, possibly uh, deposed in this trial. So that's that's looking good, if you ask me. That's on the up and up. And welcome back, Pilled. Yes, indeed. Um, uh, the buffering has ended for now, it seems. And I would agree. That's definitely victims' rights being trampled. Uh, to save the face of people who are embarrassed to have been associated with them? Well, come on. You know, that's a, that's a pretty sad excuse, if you ask me. 
Uh, good evening, uh, Special Patriot 72. Good to see you in the audience. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're just about to jump into the finders. Uh, we, I'm actually going to be running a documentary on these guys uh, in a few minutes. Uh, let's catch up to speed. Um, this uh, We actually uh, featured this article in our uh, last episode about human trafficking and child sex trafficking from The Last American Vagabond, giving six, uh, citing six different instances of government involvement in child sex trafficking, human trafficking. Uh, so we won't go through all of these here. Like we had this, the, the Lincoln, Nebraska scandal. We are going to talk about that one in a future episode just to, uh, to get some of that good memory recall uh, flexing quickly. The Presidio military base abuse. Now, I really wanted to get into this one. We touched on it, guys. A lot of you are familiar with it. I found an article that is it is long and it is it is graphic, um, but uh, we're not going to talk about that one tonight. Uh, the McMartin preschool abuse. And I, uh, these all have military involvement as well, ladies and gentlemen, which is that is even more harrowing than uh than the um the involvement of our three-letter agencies right let alone our elected officials and uh, other politicians in our government but uh the military being involved is that is something else ladies and gentlemen uh so this one gives us a brief overview on the finders case uh and it says here in 1987 the new york times ran a story about a little known cult called the finders the first paragraph reads, police officials here said today that six disheveled, disheveled children found in Tallahassee, Florida, might be the offspring of members of a little known cult. But the officials said that they had not ruled out the possibility of kidnapping. The finders had previously been described in the media as in appearance, the finders, mostly middle aged men, always in dark suits, would not be out of place managing a local funeral home. But the behavior of the handful of adherents has people wondering whether they arrived by flying saucer. Uh, townspeople say the finders constantly walk the streets following people home and taking extensive notes and pictures. They often appear at local council meetings, never saying a word, but simply observing the scene. At other times, they plunder the visitor centers of brochures, maps, and local travel guides, and they haunt the courthouse scouring the land deeds to find out who owns the local real estate. Who are these suspicious people? And what were they doing with six undocumented children transporting them across the country? The children were found to show signs of sexual abuse. Customs agents raided one of the finder's compounds and found detailed instructions on obtaining children for unknown purposes and several photographs of nude children. The U.S. News and World Report article continues, the more the police learned about the finders, the more bizarre they seemed. They were suggestions, there were suggestions of child abuse, Satanism, dealing in pornography, and ritualistic animal slaughter. None of the allegations uh, was ever proved. However, the child abuse charges against the two men in Tallahassee were dropped. The stories about the finders quickly died down, but would not disappear entirely as rumors linking the finders to the CIA persisted. According to the U.S. News and World Report, Customs Service documented reveal, documents reveal that in 1987, when customs agents sought to examine the evidence gathered by Washington, D.C., police, they were told that the finders investigation had become a CIA internal matter. The police report on the case had been classified secret. 
Uh, Florida Congressman Tom Lewis was quoted as saying, could our own government have something to do with this finders organization and turn their backs on these children? That's what all the evidence points to, says Lewis. And there's a lot of evidence. I can tell you this. We've got a lot of people scrambling, and that wouldn't be happening if there was nothing here. A connection was produced and confirmed by the CIA, a firm that provided computer training to CIA officers, also employed several members of the finders. Anyone researching the CIA will come to the conclusion that the organization does not contract training out to other sources. It only ever creates proprietary organizations. Okay, so that's kind of like a little brief into the finders. I know it's uh, there's a lot more information there, guys. But uh, check this out as I was uh, doing my little scouring of the interwebs. Apparently, more information has been released by the FBI about the finders and its current uh, this is from the Epoch Times of all places, uh, and it's dated October 2019. So the FBI was releasing more information on this group. So even in this day and age, what, uh, let, two years ago, or a little over two years ago, we still have information being coming out and documents being released. Uh, so let's check this out, guys. It says uh, FBI releases information on the finders a secretive group accused of child sex abuse. Uh, and it goes something like this. Uh, the FBI released documents on Friday detailing a probe into the finders, a secretive group that was allegedly connected to the U.S. government. Election, allegations concerning child abuse committed by the group were brought to the attention of FBI agents after tips were relayed to the Department of Justice from people including U.S. Congressman Charlie Rose, according to a declassified document dated October 27, 1993. FBI agents searched for information about the group and found a reference to it in an FBI file concerning an arrest of two men in Tallahassee, Florida in 1987. Uh, police officers there found the, the men with six children who were playing in a park while unkempt and neglected. Uh, the two subjects with the children could not initially provide sufficient information as to their legal custody of the children and were uncooperative regarding their identity and the children's identity, the file stated. Information developed during the arrests, including the children disclosing that they were from the Washington area, prompted Tallahassee, uh, Tallahassee officers to contact its local customs office, which relayed the information to the Metropolitan Police Department in Washington and provided details about a person whose name was redacted and their association with the group known as the Finders, based in the nation's capital. The Metropolitan Police Department had already received information from a confidential source that a group known as the Finders were conducting brainwashing techniques at Redacted. The source reported children were used in rituals by the groups, but reported source never observed any actual child abuse, the declassified files stated. On February 5th and February 6th, 1987, police officers in Washington executed search warrants on two properties owned by the group, one residence and one warehouse. During the search of the finders' properties, a Department of Justice review of case documents showed a United States Customs Service officer claiming to have observed a substantial amount of computer equipment and documents purportedly containing instructions for obtaining children for unspecified purposes, the FBI stated. 
The instructions allegedly included the impregnation of female members of the community, purchasing children, trading children, and kidnapping them. The agent tried to gain access to the evidence for use in investigating violations of child pornography statutes, as well as the Neutrality Act and the Mann Act. After several paragraphs of redacted material, the FBI disclosed that someone has alleged that the finders are involved in a well-organized child abuse scheme and that redacted in conjunction with the Deep State Department and the FBI's Foreign Counterintelligence Section conspired to cover up those abuses. A March 9, 1987 memo to the FBI's Washington field office, though, stated that all evidence obtained at the two finders' properties produced no evidence of child sexual exploitation, kidnapping, or any related crimes. But a report from the Washington field office indicated that the warrant uncovered large amounts of documents dealing with child rearing and shaping along with manuals for master plans and dirty tricks for enemies of the finders groups. Sounds like honeypot schemes being dreamed up in their warehouses. And a chronology of the finders probe stated that a third search ex executed on a rural Virginian farm by Virginia State Police uncovered evidence of satanic cult ritual. A Metropolitan Police Department document stated that Virginia State Police went to the farm in Madison County, Virginia, and found cages that witnesses revealed were used to keep children during their visits to the farm. The group who was living on the farm attempted to take over the city government in Culpeper, Virginia, the file stated. Later, someone contacted the Washington police and advised that all reports regarding finders are to be classified at the secret level. Redacted also advised that no information was to be turned over to the FBI Washington field office for investigation and that the Washington field office would not be advised of the redacted involvement or contact. Children discovered in Tallahassee were eventually turned over to individuals claiming to be the parents or guardians. No further Metropolitan Police Department, FBI, or Customs involvement, the chronology stated. As far as as far as no, as far as is known, no details of redacted involvement ever became public. The FBI said it spoke with the chief of the Tallahassee Police Department on November 16, 1993, and he said all the evidence discovered in the probe of the finders was either returned to its owners or destroyed. No outside agency tried to influence his department's investigation, he said. And uh, here is... Um, some documentation with some redaction and that has to do with the uh, claims to have observed a substantial amount of computer equipment and documents reportedly containing instructions for uh, obtaining children for unspecified purposes. Someone is redacted. USCS, it says. Uh, responding to people in emergencies, a joint investigation by the Metropolitan Police Department and the FBI's Washington field office led to the identification of the mothers of the six children found in Florida, as well as two of the fathers and several other key members of the finders. All of the people interviewed claimed their group consisted of an alternate communal type lifestyle made up of intellectuals who have chosen to live the way they do, the FBI wrote. The mothers were all aware that the children had been taken to Florida on a trip and said they trusted the two men who had been arrested. One of the group members told investigators that the group was formed in 1972 
with the idea of responding to people in emergencies, according to one of the files. The group gathered information for people or companies and was initially based out of 1307 4th Street Northwest in Washington. Uh, in Washington. Uh, the person described the redacted as mysterious and related that no one usually knew where he was. According to a February 7th, 1987 interview, everyone interviewed from the group, including the mothers and fathers, stated emphatically that no one in their group engaged in sex with children, that no ritualized abuse occurred, that the finders are not a satanic cult, and that the children are in fact the offspring of the mothers interviewed. Eleven days later, an assistant U.S. attorney whose name was redacted at the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Columbia declined prosecution, citing no evidence of federal violation. The group members disclosed other details, but those were mostly redacted. At one point, he said members of the finders were in a custody battle over the group's property assets. And that says a picture of a preschool operated by the finders. A probe found it was accessed through a tunnel system and had an internal fire alarm system that was, was not connected to the fire station with switches in every classroom. There was also a classroom with no doorknob, only a deadbolt. Okay. Highly suspect, if you ask me. Uh, former members speak. According to a chronology of the investigation, 21 former finders were interviewed about the group and said the organization began as an alternative lifestyle in the 1960s, and many of them became disenchanted with the quasi-military order under the direct supervision of Redacted. Many of the former members stated that they feared retribution from the Finders organization. In one case, a former female, need, a former female member needed the police intervention to stop harassment from the Finders, and in another case, something was burned down and remains a, an open arson. Family members who spoke to detectives stated that Redacted had brainwashed their children and prevented any contact with their children or grandchildren. Finders members would coerce relatives to stop contacting their loved ones by sending blackmail describing explicit sexual acts involving current members, including photographs. At one point, finders attempted to take over a family residence and force a woman out of her own home. And I'm guessing this is the police report on that. A portion of the file above, about the interviews with the children found in Tallahassee. So that's more documentation that's been released. A woman calls about cult children talk. A detective with the Metropolitan Police Department said a woman called the department's intelligence division several months um, prior to the search warrants in December 1986 and said she had information concerning a cult operating in Washington and Maryland. She said in an interview that a group of individuals were trying to introduce her into a cult and explain the nature and circumstances of this cult, the detective wrote. She was told that the group was unusual but were committing no criminal offenses and police would not be interested unless they were. The woman contacted a detective again the next month and stated that some of the members were interested in exploring Satanism. The detective told her that Satanists are not criminal, but he was interested in ascertaining what activity this group was involved in. After the children were found in Florida the following month, they were interviewed by detectives. The children told Tallahassee police officers that they were en route to a smart school in Mexico and could not give any positive information concerning their parents, according to a file. The children were all extremely hungry, hungry and urinated and defecated on the floor during the interviews. 
The children also talked about other children in Washington, D.C., and stated that they were under the control of the game caller, redacted, the file stated. According to the original file, the children were being weaned from their mothers and did not go to school. When asked what the men taught them, they said games and how to read. The games included talking, taking a shirt with holes in it, running away, and tearing it up. They said they did things for rewards. Two children also described, at, uh, described a time around Christmas when women had come downstairs naked and said they thought it was funny and part of a game. Uh, the full declassified records can be accessed here. Okay, and that takes you to uh, vault.fbi, apparently, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, well, that's a quick, uh, a quick overview. I, th I thought it was pretty interesting that we had um, uh, a recent uh, disclosure by the FBI in regards to this case. But uh, what I want to share with you guys now, and this will wrap us up for the night, is this documentary that uh, they have on the Finders. Um, it's entitled, Who Will Find What the Finders Hide? Uh, as we uh, explore this connection between our government agencies and human and child sex trafficking and uh, just give it the acknowledgement that is deserved it um, as we move along into these stories, ladies and gentlemen, hard to hear. And indeed, Special Patriot 72 says demonic. Um, how people get uh, to this point is beyond me, to be quite honest. Uh, but let's see here if I can't get this thing working. No, no, we don't want it in Espanol. Give me a widescreen, ladies and gentlemen. All right, guys. Thanks again for joining us tonight here at uh, the Sea Report. As we spill into these uh, topics. Okay. And uh, thank you again for being part of the audience. Documentary. Documentary. We talked. We talked. Haha, -ha, we got it. All right. Okay, guys. Um, let's get this rolling. I'm sure you all uh, have been awaiting and awaiting. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Now, I gotta say, there's nothing I dislike more than a documentary that has more questions and answers when we get to the end of it. But uh, in, in the same spirit of exactly why we are um, sharing this information, because we actually haven't gotten into this information or reviewed it or shared it on the Sea Report proper, uh, you know, uh, we've been caught up in those headlines as well. But uh, in the same spirit is why we're sharing the information uh, again, because uh, as he said, um, uh, to, to jangle free uh, from our minds or just to bring that up to attention, the, uh, the levels of corruption uh, that occur in our government. And, you know, like I said, a lot of questions could be asked about that. You know, that makes me wonder, um, you know, was this uh, was this entire finder scheme, whatever it was uh, behind whatever cover it was? Because I honestly feel like this uh, guy that was being interviewed here at the end, uh, you know, he might have been uh, compartmentalized away from everything that was going on. Uh, when you consider the evidence uh, that's the was being reported by the investigators and um, the evidence that was being found by the doctors and stuff like that. And, you know, maybe he wasn't aware of it. Maybe he was off doing yoga and being an enlightened, uh, you know, central intelligence officer or whatever that was. Um, but 
what if this was like a uh you this was the beginning stages or maybe it was like i don't know a middle stage somewhere uh of a of a, a government agency setting up an operation uh, a test run a beta run uh for future you know uh, operations that they're going to do uh what if that was something like this uh like uh the narrator or the uh the guy speaking had uh, said something about a knock you know uh uh someone that was uh not affiliated with the organization or the the agencies but was you know doing uh these activities and then if they got busted well then they'd be left on their own which makes me wonder could uh Jeffrey Epstein fit into uh, the description of a knock, right? Except instead of in this instance, when he got busted, you know, they didn't leave him alone on his own. They killed him. Yeah, I think that's a very good uh, question to ask. Um, awesomeness, uh, Mermaid Miss Case drop it, dropped a link in there. Is that the same link as before that you dropped over in the chat, sweetie? Ooh, yay. Okay. Oh, man, where were you, Mermaid Miss K, when I was researching this information? Uh, you know, I'm, there was a lot, of, a lot more information in that documentary, so I'm glad that, um, I'm glad that uh, it was available to share. Um, so we did the finders today, and uh, I'm going to visit those links, uh, Mermaid Miss K, and see what's up with that. I'm interested to know what type of information is in that, uh, in those, uh, uh, in well, what type of information you're sharing. Uh, I'm looking forward to looking at that. Uh, and we'll, uh, we will continue this series on um, government, uh, you know, um, corruption and involvement with uh, child sex trafficking or human trafficking um, as we move forward, probably into next week. I mean, it is, it is Human uh, Trafficking Awareness and Prevention Month, the entire month long. Uh, so we'll definitely do another episode. Uh, we will uh, probably run a um, a documentary on the Franklin scandal um, because uh, that one, again, like with the finders of Franklin scandal, those ones, I guess, are specifically involving, uh, you know, the three letter agencies. The Franklin scandal, of course, opens that up into, you know, Washington, D.C. and the politicians and stuff like that. Uh, so that'll take it a little bit deeper. And maybe, maybe, maybe we will get into some of the uh, stories that involve the military. Like I said, on the 11th, we, we really did touch on a lot of those stories. But man, since then, I found um, I found some more uh, articles that are man, they are they are they are graphic. But, um, you know, again, that's part of what we're dealing with here. Uh, these children specifically, I mean, human trafficking is a scourge against any victim against, I mean, it's, it is, it, it, there's, I just, I lose, I lose words and thoughts about that kind of thing. Cause it's just that bad guys. Um, but, um, with the child sex trafficking, the child victims and stuff like that, like if they have gone through some of the most heinous things, uh, some of the most unimaginable things and circumstances, I mean, uh, we, we can face up to some of this truth ourselves. Um, and, you know, and hopefully um, um, with that light shining on these things, uh, the information flows um, and the will to uh, to really do something about this. But you know what they say, like, you know what I say, you know, um, we can't save the children if we don't save our republic um, and we cannot save the children if we don't clean out the swamp. 
you know, because a lot of these people are all involved in that. And that is that is a finer point there that I would like to stress whenever we're looking at this information, along with the education, besides the animus it puts into us to like really uh, uh, get this stuff exposed and stopped. Uh, there are ways to do that. You know, we can't tackle the CIA. We can't tackle the FBI per se uh, on our own because they're just going to cover it up or classify it. You know, that's uh, that's time and time again, standard operating procedure. Uh, but, you know, uh, by being active, in, being an active citizen of this country and actually engaging in uh, um, in what has been given to us, the tools uh, to uh, to get that representation, um, to to do something about it, uh, we can slowly start to fight that tide uh, that has swept over this country and uh, the world, uh, because um, uh, after all. They're all involved in it. Like, uh, you know, we will talk Clinton. We'll get there too. And, uh, well, 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 when we get there, we will get there. Now, uh, as far as covering this in the next C report, we may not cover this topic in the next C report, but we will uh, cover this topic again. So just be on the lookout for that. If this sparks your interest or if you've never heard about it, you want to learn more. That's why we got it on the show, ladies and gentlemen. It's definitely a topic that my audience has not been exposed to as much as it should be. And uh, with that, again, I thank you all for joining us tonight. Uh, real quick before we go, thank you for the cookie. Um, Mr. The Speak Uneasy, uh, Mermaid Misk says those links are a, uh, a decode, a decode blogger. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the finders was the start of child trafficking. So yeah, like uh, that was their test run, maybe their beta run on uh, how they're going to do this. Uh, and then, of course, they got to find their patsies and their covers and uh, all of their beers, whatever, you know, just to... Uh, Kind of figure out what they're going to do it. Kind of like I say, uh, you know, Nazi Germany was a test run for America and what they're trying to do to us right now. Okay, guys, I think that will uh, wrap us up for tonight. Uh, we got Aquino's name being dropped into the chat room. Yep, uh, we could talk about Aquino. He has to do with the uh, Presidio uh, daycare center and uh, more. Um, and yeah, that's just uh, disgusting stuff. Railnon says, uh, Duplessis orphans in Canada is another big one. 20,000 children medically and sexually abused. Uh, many believe CIA was involved. Yeah, that's, uh, that's one I'll have to take a note on. For the international, the international stories, right? Uh, because those are just as uh, valid and uh, as uh, trying for the uh, spirit as, as anything is. Um, but hey, ladies and gentlemen, if you're, not, uh, if you're not too worn down by tonight's topic on the C-Report, uh, then join us in about an hour's time. Uh, we will be live with uh, Mr. C in the Dark. We do it on the weekends, and so uh, we'll be doing a show tonight. It'll be much more casual than we were doing uh, right now. And then we'll also have guest uh, Java along with us, uh, and we're going to we're going to, you know, when you, you get a, com when you get a friend who is uh, a funny guy and, you know, a comedian and he says, Hey, I want to do a show about child trafficking. You don't say no. So, uh, we're going to, we're going to continue this topic tonight. I know it's a heavy topic, guys, you know, put that, uh, put that, uh, that suit of armor on, so to speak. 
Um, and if you want to join us, you know, we may open up uh, phone lines if anyone else wants to join in the conversation, too, because you guys have a lot of information on this stuff uh, because people have been digging, of course, uh, since, you know, uh, this really started to rise to the surface. And again, it is a topic that should be uh, should be uh, maintained within our conversation. Not that we want to dwell on such heinous and ugly things, guys, because, you know, who wants to do that? But uh, we still need to turn that light back on and we need to get that fire burning again, guys, because uh, it's around the corner. And uh, if they're going down for treason, let's not forget they need to go down for crimes against humanity as well. Let's not let them get away with that one, too. All right, guys, thank you again for joining us tonight. The Sea Report, thank you all for your uh, your presence and your attendance and also uh, for any uh, of the donations that came this way. Much appreciated as always. We'll be back here in about an hour or so. Uh, but otherwise, ladies and gentlemen, you all have a great night. And as always, be safe, be blessed, and God bless America. We will see you next time.